Hi and welcome to Sweetman Podcast and this is your host Simon Sweetman and this is episode 33. We're brought to you as always by Phantom Bill Stickers and we have support from Lafare and Yeasty Boys Beer. You'll probably hear a few Yeasty Boys beers being opened and consumed during this one. This was an evening chat uh, with a good friend of mine, John McCleary. Now, John's a musician, he's an artist, he's a writer. Um, people who follow my site off the tracks might know John as a weekly guest columnist. He writes a, a blog, a column, um, a weekly post about his life and his experiences called uh, The Ghost of Electricity, his war stories as he subtitles them. Um, John, John's the lead singer and songwriter of a band called The Spines, and I first, uh, I first heard The Spines as a university kid. I, they, they blew me away. Now I knew the other members of the band. I knew who they were. I knew Neil Duncan and uh, Ross Burge, the drummer, who, who's gone on to play with the Mutton Birds and who had done lots of stuff already. You know, one of the great New Zealand drummers. So what, what actually? hooked me into listening to the spines was those guys i didn't know anything about john it turns out it's his band it's his songs it's his voice it's his guitar and the spines have just turned 35. they've been through a sort of spinal tap like succession of drummers and a few other uh, instruments as well and uh the the consistent thing there is john and his songs um so a few years ago i got to know john i I met him through another a mutual friend ricky gooch who was the drummer in the spines at that time and uh, and John and I had a quick chat in a pub, and then we probably, I guess, we really kind of reconnected on Facebook. Um, since then, I've actually had a little cameo. I played a couple of gigs with the Spines as a fill-in drummer, which uh, I really thank them for for being prepared to slum it and drop down to that level. Um, John has uh, formed a good friendship with me. Obviously, we kind of work together in the sense that he writes for the website, and. Um, and he's a really talented artist, and and he wrote a novel called called Manslaughter, which uh, uh, I guess you'd have to find it in the secondhand stores now in the library. But that's a great read too. So we had lots to talk about. Uh, it was an interesting conversation for me because I actually I read about his life every week. I obviously edit his post, proofread it. Um, so I think we start off this conversation talking about that. I mean, I didn't really know how to get into talking about him because I've I've learned so much about him the last couple of years. Um, but I, I really love his, his process and particularly his dedication to, to the, I guess, the idea of being an artist, uh, you know, the, his passion. Uh, he says something somewhere in this podcast about, um, you know, he doesn't really care if anyone comes to his gig. Like, you know, he obviously wants an audience and would love to have an audience, but he's just as happy in the rehearsal room. That's kind of his weekly gig. Once a week, him and the band, they strap on their instruments and go for it. Some of their friends turn up. It's like a little mini concert. Every week, they... They keep their hand in, and uh, I really admire that. And I guess every week he keeps his hand in now doing the writing, which is uh, which is which is great fun to read. Um, so this is a great chat, and it's me talking to John McCleary. I've been looking forward to this one um, for quite a while, and I know you. Hopefully, you have, because um, we talked about it a while ago. Um, but I think we should sort of clarify um, how we know each other. And also, um, part of the reason I'm hesitant about how we're going to do this is I feel like I know quite a bit about you. Yeah. For a couple of reasons, is that we know each other, and we've gotten to know each other a bit over the last year, particularly in, yeah. in real life as well as before that online. Um, and then, of course, and we'll talk about this more, but um, you write a weekly contribution to my website 
and so obviously I've read every single one of those before they've gone yep. up because I, I kind of do a an edit a proofread in as much as I can yeah I probably miss the odd thing and yeah. I certainly want to try and keep your style but that means I've read nearly 120 of them yeah. and and there will be hopefully many more yeah absolutely um and so there's still things you don't know about yourself. well that's it but I also <laughs> that, that well that's my next point is yeah. I kind of don't want to um spoil yeah. what's to come writing wise right. you know yeah. I don't want to I could, preempt I could, give, I could give you a preview of next week so I've already figured out what to do um maybe we'll save that but yeah um, yeah well you okay well should we well, let's talk about that for a little bit, and then I'm sure we'll come back to that. But I was going to say, so how many of these stories have you got lined up in advance ever, and yeah. how, how what's your pro, what's your process been like with that? It's been really good. It's it's like when I started, I thought maybe I had a, a fifty yeah. max, you know, and they'd, they'd be, you know, sort of bold statements about this or that. But they haven't turned out like that at all. They've been yeah. like some weeks, some um, someone may have died, like Bowie died, or yeah. um, just something that happens in my life, and. But generally, I'll, I'll, after I've you know put them out on the Monday, I'll, I'll just think about what I'm going to write all week. You know when I'm working and yeah. um, and just mull it over. And then Sunday after band practice, generally get home and just sort of crank them. But not every week. But normally that's what I yeah. do. And I, I just crank them, and whatever comes out comes out. But they have been mulled over all week, and I try and keep them in sort of a around five hundred words. Yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah. Not too much more. Not too much less. Yeah, the, I like the I like the length of them. Like yeah, yeah, and I try and whittle away. You know, yeah. if it's a big story, I'll just whittle everything out of it. Yeah, to just try and make it. Um, it's interesting because if I had to describe them, well, I have had to to people. Um, people sort of ask, "Oh, that guy that's doing that column yeah, yeah. on your site, what's it about?" Yeah, and and then I, you know, there are loads of people that don't know you that um, don't know you at all, but they've 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 got hooked on it. Yeah, because it's just a feature. It pops up on their Facebook yeah. page as part of the things I yeah. share, or they go to the site. Um, they ask for a little bit more about it. Some of them, um, some of them tell me really good things about it because they've been reading it. But I would always say. Um, it's kind of a a potted autobiography. It is with the, with these little bits of yeah. sort of um, you know day to day diary journalism, as, yes. as you say, like Bowie yeah. dies or Prince dies or yeah. something, and you want to write about that. Well, yeah. that's part of your. And sometimes, sometimes they're like a, almost a poem. Like when I, I take mm. a song like Frida, that was the first one I did on that that form. I took Frida and I and I, and I wrote you know the lyric put all the lyrics there and then wrote the story of how I wrote the song in between the lyrics. Yeah. So some of them are a bit like that. They're, they're like a work of art in themselves. Like yeah, yeah. Part poetry, part prose, part song. So... I'm try and spread those out so you're not getting one of those every week or yeah, yeah, yeah. not going back in no, time. No, no, that's cool. And if there hasn't been one for a while, it's funny, when they arrive, yeah. like there was one recently, and when they are, obviously I get to see them first. Yeah. In, in the inbox, and I, I read them and, and then put them together with, yeah. the, with the pictures and stuff that you choose. Um, I, you know, there are certain ones that I look forward to. I go, oh, cool, we haven't had one yep. of these for a while. And, or, yeah, yep. or a part two to something, or a yep. part three to something, you know, right. like, or whatever. Or just a particular, you know, you might do, you know, quite a few music or painting related ones, and then out of nowhere there's one that's really just sort of like a childhood memory. Yeah, you know, like yeah, yeah, childhood yeah. memory or something like that. Yeah. And, and anyone could have written it, in, yeah. in the sense that it doesn't need to be a person who's... Yeah. You know, released albums and written a book and yeah, exactly. done paintings, which which we'll get into because you've done all of those things yeah. and, and others. So, well, let's trace back um, the ghost stories, as they're called, the ghost electricity. Um, let's 
let's trace back how those started because basically my and you I mean you've written about this but mm. my memory of it is a, it's a couple of years ago now and yep. I shared um, or I wrote I think for my blog a story about Bruno Lawrence that's right yeah. and so I'd, I, I I had this memory of Bruno that um, he had come up to me drinking a beer when I was finishing school mm. I was in a drama class thing and he um, walked up to me and went flash drums cunt because I was putting that's exactly what he said, yeah, and then and then belched, yeah, and um, and he was the patron of this drama, national youth um, drama school, right. and I was playing um, drums at, 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 in the music class, and I had gone to pick up my drums to go off to a band practice, so midweek, and then I was taking them back. So I just sort of had this story about. I mean, obviously I knew who Bruno was. Yeah. In fact, and he um, he had asked me to. Um, he, if I wanted to come up, he didn't know who I was and he didn't know whether I knew who he was or not. Yeah. He just goes, oh, I've got a, a, you need a cymbal bag. I've got one up at the house if you want to come up and mm. have it, come up to the house. So that was the sort of dialogue. I didn't sort of clarify, yeah. oh, where is your house? When can I come? I just kind of thought this was a funny, cool yeah. story. So, you know, many years on, I decided to kind of tell that story. Yeah. And obviously I knew Bruno was a drummer and obviously had watched his films and stuff. So I wrote a bit about that. And you um, responded to that and kind of went, I've got a bit of a Bruno story. Yeah, yeah. And only me and the once. Yeah. You know, and it was like, but it was such a good story and yeah. I probably didn't tell it that well. But, so yeah. I knew who you were. We were Facebook friends and you kind of put this comment, I've got, I've got a bit of a Bruno story. So I think I just wrote you straight back and went, yeah. hey man, if you want to write it up, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll sort of share it out. And uh, and then from there, yeah. you, you, or you kind of said... Um, yeah, I've been thinking about, you I've know. I've got a lot of stories. I've got some stories, yeah. and I've been thinking about trying to work out how I could do, like, a little blog or something yeah, like that. Yeah. And, and I, I just I just kind of went, you know, as I said, I'd met you once, maybe a couple of times. Yeah, with Ricky. Yeah, very briefly, I'd yeah, met you a couple right. of times, and obviously I knew your stuff. Yeah. Um, I just had this instinct, you know, this is going to work out. You are going to have these stories, and yeah. you are going to do them. I remember you saying... Um, if you make it regular, this yeah. could be this could be good, and I have, you know, that, mm. that's that's one of my key focuses. I've, I always sort of say, you know, there's no, it's the the internet is not about winning; it's about turning up. It is, you know, if yeah. you turn up, yeah. then that's that's the way you win. Yeah. You just turn up. So if someone takes issue with what you do, mm. just turn up and do something else because yeah. then it rolls over, and yep. then they they address that or they ignore that yeah. they ignore you they get on with their life you get on with yours so you just keep turning up you just yeah. keep doing stuff and so I sort of said to you and I remember you know the Bruno story was cool it was fine mm. but I do remember thinking oh cool I wonder what's to come I hope you know hope yeah. there's something to come and I don't know when it fully clicked for me probably even the second or third one yeah. but I, I just sort of went you know this is going to be cool hopefully he does turn up and then the next week another one came the next week another one came and Probably when there were about six or eight of them, I remember um, my friend Matt Cooper, who you know, yeah. um, said to me, I'm really enjoying these. The, you know, bit by bit, they make more and more sense. We're getting yeah. a, we're getting a pic, and he hadn't met you at that point. He said, yeah. we're getting a picture of John. Yeah. And I said, that's kind of what I hoped it would be, and I, I think yeah. that's what he hoped it would be. Absolutely. And also the fact of, I love the random elements so that you don't know what to expect each week. You yeah. Know? And I'm a, sometimes I give a wee clue, but yeah. generally you think, okay, what's he going to write about now? And so it's all there for people to look back on. Like I've always yeah. made sure I put the link to That's the previous fantastic. ones. Now yeah. people want to, if people find it because they've searched, you know, the spines or, uh, you know, yeah. something else, David yeah. Bowie, whatever, and they right. find your piece of writing and then they like it and there are 
a hundred other pieces that they didn't know yeah. existed. A lot of people are actually revisiting all those, you know, they're, they're new it. to it. They, yeah. they, they, they do, and that, that, that back catalogue is just it's what, what it's about. Because as you know, it's about, too, when you share it on Facebook, um, you know, if you share it on a Monday night, you mm. get X amount of people. Yeah. Maybe you share it again another time of the week, and, yeah. and those people happen to be looking in their feed then and, and there, the, and they've got time to click on it. Yeah. That's why I say you've got to keep turning up, because if you yeah. don't... You know, if you if you, you leave just, it too you're long, gone. You're people gone, forget it's, about it. It's, it's right, and the thing I don't, you know, I, I do push a little bit on Facebook, not too yeah. bad. I, I, I I'm not on your face with it, but mm. you know, people actually do look forward to it. Yeah, you know? and I yeah. do. I, you know, it's become well, a huge part can, of my life. Well, that's what I can tell, and that's what I, I, yeah. I guess I love about it is that. And the thing is, like Simon, I think at a certain point I'll, I'll start probably writing a bit of fiction on it. Yeah, well. cool. Well, that's it's, the thing it's, is, you've left it. It's open enough. I think we've talked is. about that before. Yeah, it's open enough that you know you're not. People aren't going to it going, okay, I'm going to get a, a story about yeah, the spines. Exactly. I'm going to get yeah. a music lesson. I'm going no. to get, you know, yeah. it, this has to be about his life. Yeah. Um, it can be anything. Could be so, anything. you know, yeah, so yeah, you can you can start to really experiment with that form. Yeah. Um, so that's been really cool. So let's go, we can come back to Ghost, but let's go all the way back to, I guess, um, where you grew up and when you first connected with music. Well, Hamilton, um, grew up in Hamilton. I guess I was thinking recently because of the Monkeys, um, like new album and stuff. Yeah. It was the Monkeys, you know, and the Beatles, I guess. But the, the Monkeys, because of the TV show and the just the sight of um, Peter Tork and, and and Mickey and 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 the guitars and uh, you know, I was pretty young, but that's what I sort of wanted to do there, you know. Yeah. And I didn't know much about it, but my sister was a big singles collector. She had all these Manfred Mann singles and. And you know, really class, classic early singles from the sixties. So, I like the the song format. That you know, the pop song. Yeah. I don't know if that's the right word exactly. Pop song. I don't write pop songs as such, but I like that song aspect. So yeah. I, it started with that, and then um, you know, I'm one of these guys. That I, I see something I like. I'm going to do that. You know, it's like painting. I, I wanted to do that, so I did it. You know, and which, so, which came first? I always drew because of comics and stuff, you know, but that wasn't really painting, but I, yeah, I guess drawing first. So you had some ability at it as a kid. Self-taught. You, yeah, yeah, but yeah, you, totally you know, people, but very good at tech people, drawing. People yeah. could work out what your drawings were, unlike mine, yeah. for example. <laughs> yeah. So you, yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I knew what looked good enough, you know, yeah. and I wasn't necessarily drawing well, but I could, I could draw. Yeah. And I, yeah, quite a good draftsman, I, you know, I was a professional draftsman for a while, when I first left school, but... Yeah, so I guess that came first, but my passion for art probably came, you know, proper art, not just comics yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and um, things, but um, probably came around the same period, okay. um, early teens. Um, I got a guitar, you know, just acoustic, and got a book, you know, with a few chords in it, and just started from there. Well, what was happening in Hamilton at that time? There wouldn't have been yeah. a great deal, well, because there wouldn't have been a great well, deal going on in New Zealand lucky. in a sense. In some ways, in, in Hamilton, Hamilton, I was lucky. I was at a... My school was Hillcrest High, I was a foundation pupil. It was a brand new school. Yeah. Um, there was uniforms, but it was pretty, I had long hair, you know. It was like, it's pretty relaxed, and it's like 71, 72. And so it was quite a liberal school, and um, I spent a lot of time in the art room, yeah. you know. Um, the music classes didn't interest me, but um, my mate, um, had, his brother had this huge album collection, you know, this sort of thing like you mm. have here, mm. um, all this stuff like I hadn't heard, like, you know, the, the less commercial stuff like more your Hendrix and your, um, you know, 
yeah, Hendrix, I guess, and Clapton, you know, the stuff that wasn't yeah. on the radio. Yeah. And so he, he got me, uh, my mate Jeff, he got me into, into a lot of that, that, that sort of music that I, I was more into pop, really, but he got me into the rock side of things. And we started a little band between us doing sort of <laughs> terrible covers. There's a story about that called Grief. Oh, no, um, it's called um, Nutty Dread. Yeah. But it's, um, yeah, it was a ridiculous band, but um, and I, I realised they had a facility, faculty or facility, I always get the words mixed up, but I had an ability to um, translate to other people. He could play all the chords, and but he couldn't really get them out there to other people, mm. whereas I, I, I could sort of communicate stuff because, you know, I had some sort of um, charisma about, you know, yeah, yeah. what I was doing and enjoyed it. And so, you know, it was, took me a long time to start performing. It was, wasn't until I met Louise, really, other than parties in front of any, anybody. It was Louise and I getting together and forming Negative Theatre. Her taking my song seriously and she had this brilliant voice. And so we sort of, we, yeah, we put this thing together, did a few parties and, and we got noticed by this guy, Dick Johnson, who um, who, who said, come along to Theatre Technique Trust. And he was a, he was a, um, an opera director, Dickie Johnson. Um, he, uh, he, he sort of got us started really. He said, look, you guys are really good. Louis got this great voice. You, you both got some acting abilities. Um, show me what you've got. So we went on there on Monday morning, just the two of us with my, our guitars, played him a whole lot of songs. That was a good one. That's not so good. And, and he got Louise into acting them out. And um, he gave us, you know, so much belief in ourselves. And so, yeah, we, we you know, basically I wrote about this too. We, we hitchhiked to um, Peter Terry's place and auditioned for the big name Bassa, you know, 60,000 yeah. people. Audition in his lounge room, and um, he loved it and said, "Right, you're opening the fe the festival." And I was like, "What?" And we we were a second act on. I remember the first act was Sherlock's, and they, they did all this sort of punky stuff, which was like, "What?" I, I hadn't really even discovered punk at that point, and um, it was just like this energy with it. And but we had this other hippie thing going still. It was sort of like um, Incredible String Band meets early Bowie meets you know the theatrical rock in a yeah, way. Yeah. Yeah. And, but it went up, it went over, and it just got that taste for the audience at that point, you know. Yeah. You know, when when sixty thousand people, I love they, that. They genuinely like. I love that photo which you've used a couple of times. Yeah. Um, where you guys are just these two little sticks <laughs> <laughs> in the background. Yeah. And, and the, the uh, sea and, of the sea of people. Yeah. Right? Just incredible. Yeah. Eh? Because you know, that was a festival on a scale that. Yeah. Hadn't happened. No. Right? You know, in no, this part of the world. Not at all. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, I'd been to the the Narawahian yes. festival. Yes. That, that yeah, was yeah. you know that's thirty odd thousand, but yeah. you know just the audience is a fourteen year old. But yeah. this was like you know main stage. You know, yeah. having to hold it down for about I think we played about seven or eight songs, and I think it was Witchwood, which was a very theatrical song we did right at the end, and it went down really well. And then just the, the applause, just you know, it hit you physically. Yeah. It just. Um, so did you start writing? Predominantly for Louise, for her voice. At, at that point, once we got together, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, for both of us, like I'd, I'd write dialogue yeah, songs, yeah, so yeah. They, they were characters like you know the Witchwood song was like I played this sort of innocent guy walking through a forest, and there she is with the whip, you know. So everyone, every song had its own characters generally, and I, I would write for that specifically. So those songs don't really have any currency anymore because yeah, yeah. you know negative theater doesn't exist and. Um, I think the only I think there's a song called The Storm which we do still from that period which I sing the whole thing but Louise and I used to split the verses yeah right 
but that, that's still and Weathered Lines is another one but that was more I wrote that before we'd even got together that was yeah. the first real song a proper song I'd written really great you know I still think it's a great song it's still, yeah, I still yeah. play it still people love it yeah it, um, yeah so the, yeah so it was all pretty much directed towards Negative Theatre all my writing at that point and it was prolific you know it's a, yeah. Negative Theatre would have had you know 50, 60, 70 songs you know we had a lot of songs and so you're working at the same time yeah, or sort of just done, yeah. finishing school, working. Yeah, I started. Um, I didn't meet Louis after I'd left school mm, and stuff. Mm. So I, I started off working for um, at the Waikato University as a draftsman, like yeah. learning basically maps and graphs and you know cartography things like that. And then I, I, the money was terrible, so I basically I got a job in a building site. My dad was a builder, so I, you know had those sort of practical skills and. And then it, music was pretty much took over, mm. and um, you know, so I lost jobs because of the music. You know, Louise and I had to go and do a gig, and you know, tell yeah, couldn't or something. turn up. So no, yeah, so, yeah, um, and that was your priority. And yeah, it was, yeah. it was, and um, so we we figured we'd take it to Wellington. Yeah. I don't know why we chose Wellington, but it was the best thing we could have done. We got on the art scheme, which was um, the art centre um, corner of Arrow yeah. Street and, and Willow Street. And it was this amazing place where you got basically the doll a wee bit more, but you got to, you know, write. You could sit there yeah. and write away, but you had to do certain community performances like playing schools and things. But that was great too, you know. Um, and obviously meet like-minded people, meet, other meet artists. Meet some amazing people, you know, you know, a lot of people from Red Mole. That, yeah, yeah. that was key to the, um, you know, those early Wellington sort of alternate artists and, um, yeah, a lot of... Um, Steve McCurdy. I'm just trying to think. There was an amazing amount of talent there. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that's where I met um, Jonathan Schwartz and Barton Price. And so this is late 70s. Mid, that's, mid I moved here in 1980. So oh, right. Is, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So it's yeah, right at the start of And you've been here ever since? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I love Wellington. And so the next kind of thing in your life that I'm aware of is the end of negative theatre and the start of the spines. Yeah. So that's in that next year or so. Yeah, 1981. But I, in between, I did a bit of like kids' theatre and yeah, Brits' yeah. theatre and um, a, little, a bit of acting. And I did a bit of... Um, this is all through that artist's... Yeah, yeah, yeah pretty yeah. much. Pretty much. Um, so, yeah, I, I got involved with the theatre. I'm going to write about a bit of TV work I did too. Um, yeah. coming up, but not much, but a little bit of, you know, a bit of acting and stuff. But, yeah, then I, basically the spines took over once I formed the spines. So... I don't think I've ever talked to you about the spines becoming an entity. Obviously, mm. you're a musician, you're a songwriter, mm. you've had um, success on the scheme that you've yep. been at this big festival yep. and that you've got the taste. Yeah. And really, that's that's sort of the level of success that you've had. You haven't made albums no. and you haven't no. charted and you haven't toured beyond Not playing, really, no. playing you know, gigs and festivals pubs and living and, yeah. rooms and We've stuff like that. Festivals, but no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No sort of um, so you've national... got you've got the bug, but no one knows who you are, yeah. and you're just a a jobbing musician, yeah. you know, like like anyone, like like so many other people. So, how did the spines form? And well, it was Rob Marnie and Carolyn Easter. They were yeah. in a band called Hot City Cats. When well, I did have a jam with, you know, I've said it before, um, with Barton Price from the Models and, yeah. and and Jonathan. They both went off to join the Crocodile. That should have been the spines, but. As it turned out, they got taken by the crocodiles. But it was Caroline, Rob, and I, and, and they loved my songs. They, they, you know, because um, you know, <laughs> same taste as me. I guess yeah, they just yeah. loved my songs. Yeah. And um, 
and you know they had the musicality that I you know self-taught I didn't actually have taught me to play in time taught me to play um didn't teach me anything about writing songs but a little bit about arrangements mm. and about um dynamics I was gonna say gave a a shape and a structure yeah. to some of these songs and, because and they were sort like, of frustrated jazzers they wanted to play rock you know yeah yeah and I, I sort of gave them that outlet I reckon and because they're pretty I mean even still but but back then those songs they're pretty curious you know they're pretty yeah and and it is that thing of a self-taught person so you don't yeah you know you've you've done some listening you know good songs yeah. from the radio and you know good songs from you know um whole sides of an album the yeah, prog yeah. sort I know you're into the sort of prog stuff as I well was, yeah, you were then um so you've got a, a big sort of range of influences and tastes yeah, but huge, yeah. but then you've got no one and nothing inside you telling you you can't make a song that jumps from 6 8 to exactly. 4 to 3 4 to yeah and actually having came... three or four bars and then just jumping without it being yeah. a repetitive structure so part of that was needed of theater too because Louise had that she was like John Lee Hooker she she yeah. had no sense of where the song started on it you know she, yeah. so I, I had to play guitar you know on her songs I'd play along with her and so I'd always have to keep you know anticipate her changes and, yeah. and my my changes were a bit like that but they're more prescribed yeah. you know and I don't alter them once they're in carbon stone but you know they can be arbitrary sounding yeah 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 to an outsider but Rob and Caroline were fantastic by that Caroline's like a metronome I mean, she never lost time both had they both had great pitch probably not perfect pitch but so they got me singing better too like in tune you know um, and you know pulled me up on any mistake I made or any sort of you know bum note I sang yeah so it's great to have that you know which um great thing for a um you know a self-taught person to have these very strong musical background people yeah. um and also their characters that, that yeah, formed yeah. the band as well and it translated too from tim and wendy and ross in the, the, the latter part of that decade yeah always such strong characters i mean I, i'm not actually that strong a character well it wasn't then I, I, you know i've got my own thing but these guys are just you know, the life of the party sort yeah, of people yeah. and they're, they're um yeah, they're unique human beings, yeah, all yeah. of them. You know, all those, yeah. all the spines of the eighties. You know, and I won't talk about the nineties and two thousands yet, but you know, definitely the eighties. We, um, you know, just these people like Ross Birch. What? A well, it's interesting. Guy to be I, in with, I, <laughs> I sent, um, I put a thing on Twitter just saying um, I'm gonna, you know, and I didn't know if I was gonna get a response, so I didn't know if I was gonna get anything, but it's just mm. a way of sort of advertising. Yeah that I'm talking to people and I said I'm talking to John McCleary from The Spines anyone got any questions and Dar- Darren Watson Watson wrote back and said um, how do you tame the burge <laughs> you don't man yeah I'll tell you man Ross he was fantastic eh? every song he'd have his own <clears throat> thing on but also every gig was different with Ross too like you know he'd, if he was in a certain mood the songs would sound a certain way you know yeah so taming the beast in that sense you can't. You just can't tame the beast. But you know, also, um, you don't need to. You know, because he's an incredible player. He hasn't um, hasn't lost a thing. You know, I mean, no. has has still as great. As he you. has this indelible sound that is is. Mm. You know, I've talked about him a bit, and and yeah. hopefully, I do want to talk to him for the podcast one yeah, day. He, yeah. uh, you know, but I'm there he is. There he is, because <laughs> because I don't know him. I've never yeah. met him, but um, I I feel like I know him because. Right. I know so many people who know him and I know yeah. so much of his playing yeah. you know and he's such yeah. a you know his sound is was well, yeah. there on a couple of the biggest pop 
hits the country's ever had. That's right. And in one of the greatest, you know, bands, or yes. several of the greatest bands, but one of the greatest bands predominantly the country's ever had. Yeah, and, totally. you know, for the last few years, there he is playing most of the time with Dobbin. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you can watch those two. I've, I've even seen them play where it's just Ross behind a full drum kit and Dave. Yeah. And he somehow, between the two of them, and not in a sort of black keys duo yeah. kind of way, no. contrived duo, you know, yeah. but somehow between the, they make the sound of a whole yeah. band because he has all of that sort of percussion colour to his playing yeah. as well as yeah. being just a, a kick driving. He knows not what to play too. You yeah. know? I mean, yeah. we were doing Lily and I when we recorded that. He put a tambourine on. Yeah. That's all he put on. That's, yeah. That, you know what I mean? He, 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 yeah. he knows when not to play. Yeah. He, um, and, you know, in, in the time we were together, those two albums, The Moon and um, Idiot Sun, the, the tricky rhythms on those things. But I was writing just to, not to piss him off, but to yeah. get him, you know, just to give him something to work with because he's such a talented man. Yeah, and yeah. You could throw anything at him and he would do it. He would, And he would make it funky. Yeah, yeah. And sound just, you know... So it's real funny, and I've told you this before, but um, um, the first Spines record I heard was The Moon, mm. and I bought it for two reasons. I knew the musicians on it apart from you. Neil Duncan. Yeah. Yes. I, I, Neil Duncan was one of the very first interviews I ever did. Yeah. So he had a solo album out or something at the time, and, right. and, and I did an, a quick phone interview with him for Student Rag. Yeah. And um, didn't didn't end up catching the gig, but he was coming through to play, or he was here to play, and and I didn't didn't see it. But I loved the album that he did, and I had a chat to him. He was nice, you know. I didn't I didn't know how to do an interview, but I I did it. Yeah. You know, I did did my interview then as I've done them now, just because I read lots of music interviews. That was really the right. training. Um, I loved your cover image for the moon, but. You know, I didn't even know that was yours. I yeah. just, but I loved the cover image. I thought this is a, that's what made yes, me, that's what odd. made me look at the record. Well, yeah. What the fuck is this? Yeah, Turned it over, and I know two of the three musicians. So I bought that record, you know, twenty odd years ago. Yeah, amazing. Because story, yeah. yeah, because I knew you know. Yeah. And and I've never met either of the other <laughs> people yeah. on that record. Yeah. So it's quite funny. But but um, I just found that to be and um, still like an intriguing batch of songs. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I'm pretty. I'm proud of that. I'm not so much the production, you know. The yeah, yeah, yeah. It was done in, in Gisborne, you know, and low budget and everything. But um, oh, the the playing is great. Not so much on my part, but the others, Neil and. Um, yeah, yeah. And, well, no, 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 it is. But I was just gonna say. So when when we a bunch of songs yeah. when we very first met, which was at um, Havana. With, yeah. I was hanging out with Ricky, and he said, and I didn't even know Ricky was playing in the Spines at that point. But yeah. he said, um, he goes, oh, there's John. Do you know John? Yeah, that's and I, right. That's and right. I said, no. And he goes, John, John's John's a great songwriter. He's one of the best songwriters in the country. And I was like, is he? Who is he? And he's like, oh, do you know this band, The Spines? And I was like, I fucking do know The Spines. I, <laughs> yeah. I do. Yeah. And he's like, do you? And I was like, yeah, I've, I've got two Spines records. I fucking mm. love The Spines. And he's like, well, that's John's band. I'm, I'm playing with them at the moment. And yeah. so... We had a bit of a handshake and not yeah. much more, you know, that was about it. That's right, and, yeah, yeah. Um, so, but I always think about that whenever I yeah. see that record in my collection. Yeah. And it's funny to think I've played, yeah. you know, songs and from around there. Ricky's that. another Ross Burr. He's just like yeah. a genius. Oh, totally. When, when I met him, like, he was living was living on Wigan Street at the time when Tavana was just starting up with the coffee part of it. Yeah. And um, he was just a young guy doing coffee down there. Yeah, and yeah. I'd go down and buy him a coffee. I was living down the road and got talking and he said, oh, I'm a drummer. I said, oh, I'm a And it's like, I loaned him on my vinyl. Yeah. And he loaned me the first demos of the Trinity Roots. Yeah, yeah. And just, you know, we just clicked. 
You know, mm, he, he mm. got my stuff. I mean, and, you know, he was obviously a Ross Burge fan as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he, he loved my stuff. Even the early, like, fishing and stuff like that, he loved all that too, you know. Yeah, well, Ricky has that thing that um, you have as well, which, you know, and 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 I, 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 loads of people have it, I guess. I guess on some level I have it, but you never sort of see it in yourself where yeah. you go, man, that person listens to lots of mm. interesting, cool weird yeah. sometimes blatantly uncool music yeah. you know the whole gamut and yeah. I remember getting to know Ricky thinking that yeah. and knowing you thinking that and yeah. I, I know people have said that of me yeah. and, and obviously you know I do listen to lots of stuff and, yeah. I, and I'd be the first to admit that lots of it's not cool at all and I don't care yeah, exactly. but I'm always interested I mean it's a no brainer that musicians would listen to lots of music yeah. Um, yeah. but it's always a nice surprise to know that people listen outside of their immediate sphere because yeah. people do get caught it seems like these days people get caught being told you know oh you sound a bit like blah blah yeah. blah so then they go and listen to all of those records and not much else yeah and that's always very worrying to me you know the whole idea that you say to someone what are your influences mm. and they tend to name things that other people have told them they sound like yeah <laughs> you know yeah, yeah, only. True. Like, true. there's no reason why yeah. you know like yeah. Why can't Joni Mitchell be an incredible influence to, to yeah. a guy? You know, you don't have to be a woman no, to no. list and for this by the same That's token. Uh, Carol you know, King's a, a huge influence. A female singer songwriter yeah. with a pretty voice can yeah. name can name Tom Waits or Captain Beefheart exactly. as an influence. They don't they don't have to say, Oh, you know, I'm a I'm a big fan of Joni no. Mitchell and Heather That's Nover right. and you know yeah, like, yeah, yeah. it's silly that, but people do it yeah. does tend to it's happen. the coolness factor, Si, and you know, yeah. you're, you're very good with that, with your reviews and stuff. You don't mind admitting like Phil Collins or whoever, you know? Yeah. It's like, you know... Well, thanks for that. We hadn't actually ever <laughs> said that out loud on the podcast, but thank you. Sorry about that. <laughs> um, so we're jumping around a bit here, but, but that, that's an interesting theme is to talk about, we started, mm. um, the sheer number of great musicians that have been in and out of the spines. Oh, so we stuck with... I mean, you name... You name We've already named um, Caroline Ross, three Ross. people. I'm thinking yeah. uh, <laughs> that are all drummers yeah. that have that have played with lots of different people. That that yeah. that anyone listening to this that doesn't know the Spines that mm. they'll they'll probably know Caroline because she's played in the Waratahs and with Barry Saunders and the Chills, yeah. you know, as and Let's Planet. That's right. And Ricky from Trinity Roots and yep. everything else everything he's else. done, and Ross from yeah. the Mutton Birds and yeah. Dobbin and rah, rah, rah. So. Yeah this amazing run of and you've written yeah. about the drummers like great yeah. drummers yeah. Um, and then you've and then you've also like obviously there's other bass players too and, yeah. keyboard, and keyboardists keyboards and, yeah I mean you know Hannah now you know the keyboardist mm. at the moment she's playing you know she plays all, all young people you yeah, she know. plays in about 37 bands <laughs> that's right yeah but the thing is you know she's chosen to play with me and it's like she puts everything into it, you yeah, know. She yeah, turns yeah. up every week, totally. and um, she, you know, studies the songs. She, um, it's really humbling, because yeah. you know she's a major talent. You know, it's like having Wendy in the band again. You know, yeah. I always say that because you know Wendy had perfect pitch. You know, was a child prodigy violinist. Yeah, and is that sort of thing. I mean, yeah, totally different character and personality, but the same sort of um, love of the songs. You know, yeah. and just wanting to be part of it and. Um, contributing and the thing is like you know she's such a great show person but when she's on stage with me she she just lets you know she just sits right back you know what I mean yeah 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 it's um it's yeah it's pretty humbling but yeah she's another one oh, yeah, I mean god there's a <laughs> Andy Craig's another one yeah, bass player yeah, yeah. from the 90s you know yeah. he was um 
He's flesh devised the steroids, body electric. You know, um, he's people probably know him um, <laughs> mostly from watching him frantically fix things on stage <laughs> yeah, for other right. people, or or stand back completely cool and have it nailed behind yeah. the sound desk. And but either genius. way, he, he yeah. gets it done, right? And he's got this yeah. huge IQ. He's just yeah. one of these people. Amazing guy. Yeah. Um, and just full of love too, you know. But um, yeah, he was he was in the band, you know. He's probably, he's, he still is in a way, you know. Like yeah. He never actually quit, but it's just the band didn't exist for a wee while. But, you know, he's, um, yeah, a real talent. Just, you know, like... A, could have been a junior chess champion, if you know what I mean, like a um, grand mastery sort of level mm. intelligence. Mm. And, you know, a lot of the spines are in that league, you know, been with some real big brains. Yeah, so I've been pretty lucky. So, first, first couple of albums come out in the early, and we're getting towards the mid-80s. Yep. First one was an EP, which we yep. did out at, um, called Fishing. Yep. Pretty basic. But, you know, I'm um, just talking to someone recently with Roger Shepard's book come out, and I was talking to you know, online, Facebook. And uh, Rob, Rob um, was Gary Steele wrote a, a, in a re- review of it. Yeah. And um, there's a whole lot of comments, and Gary said, when are you gonna, when's he going to re-release um, Idiot's Son? Yeah. I said, I don't think they liked it very much. Yeah, yeah. And um, then Rob May's comment, he said, yeah, that's right, Um, it was so unlike any other Flying Nun well, album ever, and yet the first one we did, Fishing, was so Flying Nun. Yeah. And he's right, that first one was really sort of Flying Nun, but more scar, a lot of scar yeah. influence in it. Well, that's my next question from Twitter that arrived, which yeah. was someone asked, um, "When's the when when it, when is the full vinyl reissue campaign yeah. going to happen? And when, mm. you know, deluxe editions and well, extra things." And I and I said, "Well, I'll ask. You know, I don't know yeah. that that's going to happen." All I can tell you at the moment, Simon, is that um, I'm hoping for you know we only did the one album on Flying Number. Hopefully, they will re-release that because yeah. it's worth it. Um, but. Um, Simon Grigg has just yeah. bought um, the Ripper. Yeah, yeah, stuff. yeah. So our first two cool. two records were on Ripper. Mm-hmm. So he's got the right, and he's he's talking about putting a couple of tracks on compilations. Yeah, so right. Whether he re-releases the whole, yeah. You know, I mean, actually, your body stays in punch is probably worth re-releasing. Well, the Flying Nun record you did is is crazy. It's yes. crazy it's, good. It's, crazy. it's it's because that's the newest one to me, you know, yeah. like I had the other yeah. two yeah. and then I only got that in the last, well, since knowing you, I that's found right. that a couple of I years ago. When you yeah, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I, didn't, I didn't actually know it existed until I saw it. Right. And, um, it's an odyssey. <laughs> but, and I've got that copy I've shown you that's got like, you know, it must have been a review copy or something from the time because it's still got like a press release type. And, and as much as Flying Nun did press releases, yeah. it's got and it's got like a poster and and stuff right, yeah. in it. So, um, and the other two Spines records I've got, which I bought years apart, were owned by the same person. They've got the same inscription on them yeah. of whoever. It's whoever, actor age and. Um, yeah, yeah, the moon. They, yeah. Whoever owned those, they came from the same record collection. Yeah. And I bought them a couple of years apart, but um, the Flying Nun record is. I couldn't believe the difference, at, and also um, when you said, "Oh yeah, yeah, that's you know, that's uh, I'll be interested to see what you think of that." That's yeah. an interesting record. <laughs> yeah, I kept listening to, it and I played it to Matt when he was around here, and he was just like, "Fuck, this is you know," yeah. and he was like, "So when did this come out? Like early '90s?" And I'm like, "No, no, this is sort of mid '80s, like yeah. mid, yeah. you know, only just tipping over and towards the late '80s, it's yeah. really mid '80s," and he was like, "Fuck, you know, it's it, it feels like." Yeah. If any, you know, it sort of feels like what the Verlaines were doing, and you know, 
later. Later on, half a decade on. Yeah. And that that's probably yeah. the closest comparison. I always felt we were ahead of our time, like just with my time signatures alone, mm. you know, mm. and, and obviously the, the quality of the players. But, yeah. you know, I always tried to write, I, I didn't want to write pop songs. I, Ross and Wendy used to encourage me to write pop songs because they, you know, wanted to be famous. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. You know, I sort of wasn't really interested. I wanted to write accessible songs, but I didn't not want to have hits or anything, but I didn't want to write, um, Girly songs, you know what I mean? Yeah, well, there's an honesty about, I guess, your writing that comes across in the yeah. weekly and I was stories. Yeah, in those Comes days across too. in the weekly stories now, but it's there in the songs that yeah. that, that, that there's an integrity and an honesty of yeah. like, this is yeah. how I, you know, I mean, you don't yeah. know what some of your songs mean. No, I'm, but, I'm but that doesn't mean write. that doesn't mean you didn't mean them as a song. You yeah, know, like what you I do is I quite often write from a character's point yeah, of view, that's whether right. that's me or not. It's just one aspect. Of, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a, an actor singing, a, a, you know, a part. It's still, it's still honest to a vision rather totally. than writing a, yeah. a a cheesy power ballad that is not. Yeah. yeah no. But but where they have that pop song element is that you know that they, they still are usually three to five minute long songs yeah, aren't they they're yeah, not you know yeah. maybe and there's one, hooks there's hooks yeah there's one or two that might go a little bit longer and there's one or two that's a tiny bit shorter but yeah. you, you haven't done the sort of 15 minute wig no. out epic or anything like that no, they are really. I mean sort of, Idiot Sons is the most of them there's only four songs aside yeah, so yeah, they, yeah. they are quite long they're longer but they're still four. five to four five six minutes they're yeah, not totally they're not jams mm, they're mm. not sort of um, you know I used to hate like I mean, I, I do lots of guitar solos these days, but in the old days, I used to hate when bands would do drum solos and yeah. do you feel all right, clap your hand. I used to hate all that shit. Yeah, yeah. I always maintained like the song and its integrity yeah, yeah. that, you know, live wasn't any different from studio in a way other yeah. than the, the live energy. I mean, I didn't try and drag things out to the, you know, to get people singing along or clapping, you know, not that I'm against that, but yeah. I didn't really like watching in other bands, you know. So how come you've kept the Spines name and the Spines as an entity for 35 years now? Yeah. But there's been, I, you know, obviously there's been a couple of sort of breaks in timing where nothing's been happening, but there's mm. been these different lineups. Mm. Has there ever been an idea that, like a lot of people might play the same songs, but they yeah. still want to give it a new name? Right. And you know, I never felt the need to. I mean, I, I did form other little bands that never lasted, like this band with Anthony Donaldson and um, Dave Donaldson. Yeah. Called the Czechoslovakians at some point, you know, and we just, you know, it was just a bit of a... Well, was you know, Ant ever officially in the spine? Yeah, so yeah, I was going to say, he's another, another, he's another of these great, great drummer. drummers that's really done is. so many things, and I thought yeah. he was a spine. Yeah, he was a spine. Um, yeah. After Neil left, Neil went to, moved to Auckland. Yeah. Um, he was drumming for us, Neil, yeah. in the 90s. That's right, yeah. And it was Neil on bass, I mean, Andy on bass and Neil drumming, and then... Yeah, Anthony took over when Neil left, and uh, fantastic. Yeah, he had a great. Um, he was a great rock drummer. Yeah, you know, because he's a jazz guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, his, his rock chat. Um, call him rock um, licks. You know yeah, yeah. What, what a drummer's call him, but his chops. chops. Yeah, <laughs> but he also had little gadgets like yeah, uh, little yeah, sample yeah, pads yeah, yeah, yeah. and things. He had a and lot toys of like little. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas Neil, like he when he was in the band as a drummer. Because he didn't have to play sax, um, he, he he would sing harmonies. Yeah. So he added another aspect, and then when Anthony replaced him, he brought this other sampley yeah. aspect, and that was a good band with Anthony, me, and Andy. And then um, yeah, Tim re Tim Robinson rejoined and replaced him. It was then towards the end of the nineties, and that was a good lineup as well. Yeah. With three pieces, mainly playing at Bodega. Yeah. And um, 
not no aspirations of any you know rock success or anything like that but just you know wanted to keep it going yeah 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 and um you know we recorded a couple of well, one particular album called um snake like life in that lineup fantastic man i, I yeah, really so what's, liked whatever happened to that well and you probably have it was we recorded it on um two inch reel to reel 24 track um i'm sure andy's probably still got the you know we never that wasn't wasn't under the fly nun umbrella because we did the miscreant they've got those tapes i think but then it's the other unreleased album i think andy's got it yeah and you know we did a rough final mix but you know probably needs a re yeah re-look at but i don't know yeah so how are you supporting yourself through the 80s you've got the 80s, band yeah, but you're I've not you're not, you're not you're not making hits no, no. so you're making records but they're not making you lots of money no, that's so right you're getting little tiny bits here and yep. there and you're playing gigs and getting little yeah so right. how are you supporting yourself and then also can we bring in um i guess how you're painting an artwork yeah um yeah, good point I, you know where that where that comes from and how that evolves and then i guess also we'll get towards the novel as well okay well in the, in the early part of the 80s um i was surviving off like after I left the art centre, um, yeah. I was surviving off the band, which we'd play quite a bit, yeah. and selling paintings. You know, yeah. I didn't actually have a job as such. Yeah, that was my job. Then um, I, I, my son was born in '84. Selling paintings, uh, just to people who wanted them. No, no, I actually, had exhibitions. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. yeah quite often at cafes, but also, yeah. Um, yeah, you know, I'm just trying to think off the top of my head. But the art centre, I had a, a big show there. Yeah, the Antipodes Gallery. There was a few little galleries around. No, I would sell paintings. Yeah. And um, I, I supported myself. But, you yeah. know, rent was cheap in those yeah, days. Yeah, I had, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I lived in a warehouse space that was really dirt cheap. Yeah. And um, But then I had my son, and so I had to, you know, find an, a regular source of income. Yeah. Um, I, st- I was a postie for a while, which yeah. is... Um, <laughs> Um, one of the great musician yes, jobs of the right. 80s I'll and, write that and, story sometime <laughs> yeah. so um, call it Post of us named after the um, maybe you Bukowski. could interview maybe you could interview Bill Lake <laughs> and share stories Ross used to call because Ross is a he's probably still yeah, is actually yeah. but he used to call it um, Bill Lake's casting cards the, yeah. the museum post service <laughs> yeah I'll, I'll, I'll tell that story but yeah I was that, it didn't really suit me and I was only a temporary post anyway and then I got into house painting, mm, mm. and um, you know I'm a painter anyway, I'm a visual artist, so yeah. So you took to that pretty easily, you yeah, just, yeah. And you'd been on building sites and around yeah. the kind of idea yeah, of you know right. the and idea dad, of you know, building it, you know, yeah, 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 I, yeah. I can do those Tradesmen, yeah, yeah, yeah. An understanding of what what yeah. tradies do and how they operate, that's right, and yeah. uh, how they blend in or, yeah. or don't. <laughs> yes, yeah. And so pretty much, you know, most of my income's been derived from painting ever yeah. since. You know, yeah, I was on right. movies for a while and stuff, and yeah, that was all good. But yeah, mainly painting, yeah, house painting, and and you know, commercial work. Okay. So you're a dad in the mid eighties, early mm. early mm. to mid eighties. Eighty four, my kids were born. Yeah. Yeah. To different mothers. How close? Um, three months apart. Three pa- th- So, yeah. wow. Yeah. Okay, so that's kind of like having, yeah, kind of like having twins, but also kind of not I'll, like having I'll, twins. I'll explain that. I explained but, it in the actual age story. Yes, um, yes. So I won't go into that here, but yeah, yeah I mean that's all good. My, my granddad now as well. My daughter's had a Tesla. My little granddaughter. Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah, my kids are both in their early thirties. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic, you know. Wow. Um. So. What happens? When do the spines take the first sort of break? Um, when Ross and Wendy, I guess, left after the idiot's son. I'm just trying to think. 
Yeah, yeah. I think they were a bit disillusioned with me having a family and stuff, and um, I don't know. Ross and not off. and not having a hit. Yeah, mm. yeah, probably. Mm. Wendy, I don't know what happened to Wendy, but Ross went off. Wendy went overseas. That's right. She was a big loss. Ross went off to join maybe the Sneaky Feelings at that point. Oh, okay. Um, somebody, yeah, I think it was the Sneaky Feelings. Uh, yeah, so they they left. I was and I was left, you know, holding the baby sort of thing. But you know, um, it was Neil that got the band back together. I've written about this as well. He um, was living in Holloway Road, and I was still writing, still doing a few solo gigs. But Neil sort of turned up one day and said, "Look, we've got to get the band back together," you know. Yeah. And he said, I want to play drums though this time, you know, so great. And so we got Andy and, you know, because Andy was a natural because we toured with him in the Body Electric and yeah, yeah. it was like cause they stole Wendy off me at some a certain point and mm. so I basically stole Andy off them. Yeah, yeah. It was a good sort of swap. <laughs> um, although, you know, Wendy didn't last very long in the Body Electric, she came back to the spines. But, um, yeah, so that, that was the first break and it wouldn't have been very long. We did the Brain, I did the Brain the magazine in that period. Uh, yeah, doing other things, I guess, artistically. To, yeah, the brain was an interesting thing, which took about a year yeah. or so. The magazine was just like mm. an arts magazine. Did that, and then um, so who was involved with that? Was Garth Cartwright? He we we got him to do a yeah. story for us. Yeah, yeah. He, he did an amazing like yeah. job on New Zealand arts scene, which I, I loved. Now <laughs> you have written about that, but mm. was that where that was published? Because I know the story of that. Yeah. Of that kind of famous piece that... Yeah, we, we published it in, in the brain. Only had one issue. Yeah. It was full colour, um, I don't know how many pages, about 100 pages. And it comment, it was it ended in him getting punched. or I didn't hear that story until you told me. <coughs> yeah, right. Yeah, okay, yeah. so that's the version I, know, I, I heard. Know, that he, and, yeah, it was someone, controversial. Yeah. And these guys, oh, was it Julian? Oh, I won't mention any names. But, um, there was, you know, the, the, the elite of the Auckland. I'm trying to remember. I, I actually, I, w- I would name them if I could remember who yeah, it was, but I'm having a mind blank actually. Yeah, me but, too. but it was a guy who, um, I, I think uh, this isn't narrowing it down, but yeah. I was going to say it was a guy who had a, a gallery and, and pretty much just showed his wife's works. Oh, yeah, okay. And, um, and I believe he, <laughs> uh, you know, walked up to him and sort of punched him wow. at, a, at, at an opening or at a thing because of yeah, this what he, piece that he'd written. Yeah. yeah no, it was, was and good. it kind of put him on the map as a writer. I mean, he was a young guy and that right. kind of launched him, right? Garth, yeah. That kind of, you know, he'd done some stuff, but that was... And then, I don't know how many people read it, but yeah. you know, we, we published, I mean, we, we printed maybe 3,000 of them and, yeah, we probably sold 2,000. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, it went out there. But it was, you know, the art world... Obviously read it. Yeah. Peter McCleavy loved it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was great, you know, just singing off everybody. Yeah. But yeah, that wasn't just about Garth. I mean, Garth, you know, we got yeah, into yeah, the, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. the TV3 was starting at the time with a story by Mary Barnum on that. Batman was just out with a story on that. I did a comic sort of series, something in the middle. Yeah. Bit of non-fiction, bit of fiction, you know. Was, we were trying to, you know, I don't know, the arts. Yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, Facebook is now. Anyway, that was the idea of it. You know, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, 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 totally. Know, build build a community. And, yeah, yeah. 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 Share uh, some funny and interesting and whimsical yeah. and, and sometimes downright irrelevant things. Yeah. And, we, you know, we were told various people, to look, it's all about advertising. We said, no, no, it's all about the art. But no, it's all about advertising. <laughs> that's why it only lasted one issue. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. But, you know, we didn't lose a lot of money. Yeah. Just, um... Didn't lose too many friends either, yeah, you know. Yeah. 
but it was good fun to do. Um, yeah. Launch in Auckland was great. Eh? It was it was a course celeb. Um, Johnson, um, Greg Johnson, and his band played at yeah. the at the thing, and great night on the piss with him afterwards. Um, yeah, just yeah, good memories. Yeah, yeah, and you know. I'm not ashamed of it, but it's you know it's a bit of a footnote in New Zealand yeah, yeah, art yeah. history as well. It's, most of my stuff is yeah, yeah. Well, let's talk a bit about that. You sort of um, I think I think um, maybe when the ghost story started, um, and I sort of had to introduce you to my audience yeah. and to the site. I'm pretty sure I borrowed um, a line that was on one of, you know your artist bio, maybe on you know, Pa Tucker or one of the galleries or yeah. something and, and it sort of talked about um, you being one of the great kind of outsiders of new, of the New Zealand art scene, which, yeah. you know, I mean, you're a, a novelist, um, sculptor. A, a sculptor, a painter, yeah. a musician. Actor. An actor. Yeah. <laughs> what else? That's right. Uh, um, a, 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 you know. Yeah, playwright. Yeah. You know, I've done all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and so we get we get lots of these stories through your weekly posts that that are on my site, which mm. is cool. And um, and and obviously there are stories to come. Yeah. But um, yeah, you've kind of done these. You've kind of done these. This bunch of interesting things. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say so much that it's not that any particular one has stuck as such. Yeah. Although there's probably an element of that. Um, but you've been bouncing between these things. Yeah, pretty much. And all of them are things that you've just sort of found your way into. You've yeah. been self-taught or yeah. you've, you know, you've been pulled into something yeah. because of people you know or because of an interest. It's like when I wrote that novel, it was like I was reading all these great novelists in the library and like, you know, yeah. these people, Saul Bellow, people like that, Nabokov, all the, I'm trying to think, you know, like, uh, William Golding, these yeah. Novelist. Seminal yeah, works and, 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 and novel, influential novels, names. Know, and yeah, it was yeah. that art form. I just loved it at the time. Yeah. Never mind. Because you mentioned comics. So you grew up like a, a bit of a, like a lot yeah. of kids yeah. do, Marvel like comics. pretty pretty hooked on comics. Yeah, I loved Marvel comics mainly and um, pretty much I loved them. And, you know, taught me how to, you know, taught me big words. The mm. invulnerable Iron Man. Mm. And the invisible mm. Iron Man. The invulnerable Hulk. And obviously drawing, like obviously yeah. a part of that. But when did you become a reader of early of things outside of comics yeah yeah, so early were, on. yeah, yeah, yeah right. as soon as I could you know yeah and really early just not from my family's not literary at all just um finding things you know yeah. just um yeah so yeah yeah things like Herman Hess you know when yeah. you're quite in your, that, that sort of formative age you know pretty amazing mm. body of work there um but then I, I was lucky there's another another story I'm going to tell eventually is about James Ritchie, I don't know if you've heard of him, but he was he was really inspirational to me. He he's turns out he's um my daughter's mum is it's her dad, you know. So I yeah. knew him growing up in Hamilton. He was a professor of um humanities at uh, Waikato. And he was really in, in, inspirational to me, you know. He he sort of took me under his wing a bit and just um he always wanted me to go to university, you know. He, yeah. he really did, but I was working class, but you know, but we just lived up the road. And he was really inspirational. He showed me things to read and pointed me in a lot of directions. Yeah. But I just, I then I just started looking and just mm. found things, you know. Mm. And you know, Wellington. When I moved to Wellington, that public library there, man, I just devoured everything yeah. on, the, on the novel show and the arts section, obviously. But just, um, and yeah, when I wrote that book, I was just Martin Amos was another one at the time. Just, um, I, think, I could do this. I could write a novel. 
you know. And the, I had no band at that point. This is when, this is the point when Wendy joined the Body Electric, which yeah. came back to the Spine. So I yeah. was in between Spine's lineups. Yeah. And so it was um. Yeah, the, and I just I just knew I could do it. So I didn't do anything else. Pretty much sit down and write a novel, and um, wrote it a th- three or four times, and then shelved it because I sent it to a few publishers. They didn't want it. Yeah. And then um, in the early two thousands, my friend Lindsay started a um, poetry publishing company called Inkweed and he said what about that novel of yours man so we dug it out and yeah I put I contributed it was it wasn't entirely a vanity project but I, I did contribute money to it is that Lindsay Rabbit no Lindsay Forbes ah, yeah he's um yeah he's yeah. in Dunedin now he's um but yeah he was in uh Alison Wong was his partner yeah yeah he's fairly well known yeah but you know he, he's a poet yeah but yeah, I dug out the, the novel and, and we, we put it together pretty yeah, much. Yeah, yeah. So I was just, I was smiling when you said that because I thought the number of people have gone, I could probably do that. Yeah. But then they don't. That's right, they don't. They don't. Yeah. So how long did, how long did the, the writing take and um, when did you know, um, or do you know that you won't write another one? I was going to say, when yeah. did you, you know, sure. did no, you? I think I probably will. Yeah. Um, yeah, the writing took a long time. Um, not at first. I mean, the, the first draft was like day up on day up on day. I would, I would sort of start writing about four or five o'clock at night and then just work through the night and probably crank out about four or five pages a night. So typewriter, one finger, you know, I mean, that's, really laborious. But I, I knew it was so episodic in yeah. the way Ghost is, you know, very yeah, episodic. Yeah, yeah. But it didn't jump around the same it's way. A, it's, a, it's a funny, weird little book, and I mean that. Have you read a, it? Yeah, I have. That's I was going to say, and I, I mean that as a compliment. It is really you know, weird. like yeah, it's, yeah. And, and it's, you know, it was interesting for you to sort of name Herman Hess because I could see that in there yeah. and, you know. Yeah, then even in the name. Yeah, yeah, yeah well, <laughs> yeah. and, and, and yeah. Bukowski and, yeah. and, and, you know, there's yeah. all, even some of Burroughs' things, there's yeah. all that sort of stuff in there. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. And, and yet it's a tight, you know, it's a tight little book too. Like it's it, yeah. it's that thing that you, I guess you talked about with with um, writing the ghost, where you kind of, which is a sculpting thing, isn't it? Mm. <laughs> you know, of taking away, taking away. Yeah, you know, you know right. starting off with more than you end yeah. up and and yeah. pulling back. Yeah, no, very much. Yeah. Although I, you know, I was so hopeless when I was writing that, that I put everything into it. You know, yeah, not yeah, hopeless, yeah, but, yeah. You know, I had no leftovers in, yeah, yeah. in Manslaughter. I actually put everything into it. Editing, I mean, rewriting it and editing it. When I in the in the two thousand cell phones were, you know, all these yeah, things yeah. Are around now. It's, you know, because eighty four I wrote eighty three, yeah. I wrote the original draft, but that was interesting. But it, I couldn't really change much about it because it was mm. it, it, it was an entity. Yeah, I was going to say it's like a little. Um, I couldn't change Herman's character at all. I couldn't really change. Well, that's what I like about it, it is that it's like a little kind of uh, fable, you know, a parable, yeah. or whatever the and, word is, and you know. Very character driven. There's yeah. no descriptive prose at all. I mean, mm. it's, it, it was I was I was on an anti sort of D. H. Lawrence jag at the yeah. time. I'm not going to describe a tree or a mm. flower. I'm just going to dialogue it and just what these characters are basically plot driven. And it has that unreliable autobiography yeah. tone that yeah. you know, Bukowski has through Chinesky, right. you know, yeah. like the fair where as well. there's elements of you yeah. in the narrator mm. of the novel, mm. but it isn't a total, you know, depiction of your life. Not but, at all. Well, which you know, which is pretty common in first novels, to be fair. Yeah. You know, a lot of them are oh, first totally. person and based around a... Yeah. Yeah, well, it seems yeah. that way. Yeah. yeah. No, I do plan, I mean, I've, I've written about 50 pages of a, a follow-up, yeah. like a sequel... Uh, I've got 
I've got plans for three of them, but God knows when I'll get around to writing them. <laughs> yeah, um, I've got it pretty much tightly planned out, what happens to Herman after the operation yeah. and the whole yeah. whole thing, and then what happens in the third book even. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it gets more bizarre as you go on. It, it, you know, those horror elements that are in that first yeah, book, they, yeah. they get magnified. And, but it, it, take, it, it comes from all the characters' point of view, so... The second book, I've got, you know, what I've, I've written quite a bit of it. Um, Harry and Angeli and all these yeah, characters yeah. have little chapters each. Right. You know the way Angeli yeah, yeah, is yeah. right at the yeah. end of, you know, this, and mm. Herman doesn't actually come into it till halfway through the book. Yeah. And so you know you don't really know what's happened to yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got all these things planned, but you know to sit down and write something like that again, you know, I need to be retired <laughs> and you know, <laughs> this sort of big stipend yeah. somewhere. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, you know it takes just to write the ghost each week is enough at the yeah, moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, it's, it's definitely... Um, and I'm thinking about even... I don't know. I was, was going to talk to you about this. Well, we shouldn't talk about it on air, but we will. Um, you know, even publishing, like, episodically parts of it in yeah, the ghost, well, you, you know? Could, yeah, well, exactly. I'm like, sure Lindsay would be happier with that. You know, he's not doing anything. Yeah, down yeah. This, the publishing company went bust and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I've, I found... Um, I found... The, there's a copy in Wellington Library... Mm. which is where I got Correct. it. Yeah. And so, you know, I've read it from there, but I've never spotted it in a shop. So, I mean, it's, you yeah. know, it's... Turns up every now and again. I'm sure it'll be around. Like, I'm, I'm sort of... I keep my eye out. Yeah. It'd be nice to I get a copy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got um, a tube that they're out and they're on mm. permanent mm. loan to people. Mm. The weird one was, Simon, I went to a um, selling bookshop. In fact, no, I swear, I yeah. opened it up and was, I, ded- I dedicated it to with love. I won't say who, but... <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> yeah, with much love, John and I, obviously. Oh, no. but, you know, I, we, Katie and I, have talked about that. Like, yeah. I remember the first time she saw. Book. Well, first time we saw her book in a because you know she she wrote yeah. a novel ten years ago and first time we saw her book in a secondhand bookstore. Yeah. And she was gutted, oh, you know, God, and, know, and then it was quite a long time after the book came out. It wasn't yeah. like the next week. It was quite a long time, yeah. and and I think she'll probably hate me saying this, but I, I'm pretty sure she went. Unless I put this planted this seed in her head, but I'm pretty sure she went, "Oh, that'll be such and such." Meaning, like the one person that had given it quite a stink review right. in the Dominion, like uh, the woman that had reviewed it for the Dominion had been pretty cold about it. Yeah. But actually, that review, you know, I thought it was a pretty good review of the book, and and yeah. I know people that read that review and went, you know, it's a, it's a grim novel. So like yeah. she'd written about it and said it wasn't for her, and this is what had happened. And a few people had said to me, "Oh, we read that review and it." made the book sound awesome you know it right, sounds, yeah, yeah. sounds really grim and right up our alley because it's that kind of yeah. fiction so you never know what's going to what's going to work when um, I put out Mansell and got reviewed in the listener by yeah. um, David Eagleton and um, my partner at the time I won't mention names but um, she said oh that's a terrible review she, was, you know, she wrote because Braunius was doing yeah. it and she was a mate of his he was um, editing and she said oh what did and actually, I read the rest. It's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. It, it was funny? like it, it really got what the book yeah. was about, about the burnt-out basement of Materia's yeah. subconscious. It was what a great quote. Yeah, I remember being like that with, with this review of Katie's book. I yeah. remember, you know, it yeah. came out the weekend. Uh, the book had just come out. The launch was a couple of days yeah. later. It was a, you know, it was a first novel and she'd been in, you know, Bill Manheim's class. And it was, yeah. you know, so nice. there was those expectations around it and it was launched at Unity Books and, and yeah. it was through Random House and and she was gutted when she read that review and I went, I don't know what you're worried about. It's a pretty good review. Yeah. Like, it, it does sum up the, the book is not a happy book. Yeah. 
Um, but I remember that, and I don't know that I've seen my book in a secondhand store. I'm sure it's been. I'm fuck. I've seen it for ten dollars at the warehouse, which is somewhat crueler than. Fucking, <laughs> it is a bit, it's yeah. somewhat crueler than seeing it in the secondhand <laughs> store, to be honest. And I don't have a pro- I don't have a problem with that. But if if we're being honest, I think that's. But it is. We had talked about that whole idea that it wouldn't be very nice to see when you'd inscribed it to some, to oh, someone. God, that was weird. That. And the thing is, I was you know. I went and saw, he was drinking at the bar, I was drinking at the time, so I went and, hey, look what I just bought, and I showed him, and he, <laughs> <laughs> he said, oh, we were throwing in all these books that must have got lost in <laughs> Nice story, <laughs> yeah. buddy. Um, because, like, I remember um, showing, I, I love I love that idea of, like, my records, lots of my second-hand records have got inscriptions from yeah. one person to another and I find that fascinating and yeah. you know there's even you fi- occasionally you find I think a lot of the times they get picked out in the store but occasionally you find like old photographs or something to do with the person's life yep. jammed in the record yeah. you know and yeah, I, love that I find all that stuff fascinating and I don't know if I told you this but like um, I, I found out that Ian Gillan was going to be on Good Morning and yeah. um, when I was out there doing music reviews and um I'm not really a I'm not really a star fucker, yeah. but I, you know, what I was kind of like fuck. What a I kind of want to meet. I kind of want to meet. Oh yeah, yeah. you know him, and I kind of want. Especially the, the aggro between him and Blackmore. Oh totally, and yeah. I was like, I want to meet him, and I want to um, I want to get him to sign. Yeah. you know, a record, and most of my records were up in Hawke's Bay at the time, and I I didn't have anything, so I ran down to Real Groovy, and I thought, well, if I'm going to get anything for him to sign, it has to be you know Machine Head. Yeah, like, it can't be anything totally. else. You know. Totally. Maybe, you know, well, maybe something else if it has to be, but that would be ideal. So I found this copy of Machine Head, brilliant, and I didn't even, and I took it in, and I met him, and I ended up interviewing him on TV, because yeah. the host was like, oh, I don't actually know much about him, do you want to sit in? So yeah. I sat in and interviewed him, which was pretty cool, yeah. and he was, you know, a real nice dude, and people from the crew were getting CDs signed in there, and then I had this really nice chat to him, yeah. um, off air as well as on air, and then he goes, uh, I said, oh, I've got this record, could you sign it? He's like, yeah, yeah, of course. And he opens it up, and inside, I hadn't even checked, because it's gatefold, yeah, yeah. and inside there's this big, you know, to Gavin from Mary, happy birthday, <laughs> you know, or something, and I was I was kind of trying to talk to him, and sort of yeah. point him to one side, so he didn't look at this giant big, and I don't know why I thought it mattered, but I yeah. thought... I, I, at least I, I didn't say the, Richie Blackmore. Yeah. Well, <laughs> no, but at the time, I was like, yeah. oh, he's not going to think I'm a real fan if I've got someone else's record, you know, which which is crazy, I guess it was that slightly overcome by by him being famous or something yeah. but I, I sort of always like that about records but yeah mm. the, the idea that your book that you wrote to someone and you wrote something in it <laughs> yeah, right. end up I know I know funny so yeah so okay so you're going to do another you're going to do another one maybe well eventually yeah I mean yeah. you know I don't see myself yeah. in the bucket in time so, so you know yeah. this I feel like what we've kind of missed here really is what we haven't really discussed is what happened in the 90s. Yeah. So let's, let's well, do that. Well, bring up my son. We, we, yeah. We, we lived in Holloway Road, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, for seven or eight years. Yeah. Um, great place. Great yeah. place to live. 
Um, we did the brain. Really cool straight. Yeah, oh really. You know, yeah. friends for life with a lot of these people yeah, yeah, from yeah. there. Still, you know, it's you know, spiritual home in a way. And Angus and me, you know, we just used to go down the road and play cricket. Yeah. You know, we, it was just a great place. We even got, um, there was a documentary made about it by um, Martin Sanderson called The Gullyites. Yeah. And Angus and Jess, um, name's Ison now, but my daughter and son, are in the video and they're running down the road with Pat the cat, one of our cats, right, right. chasing them. And wow. it was like, but that was that summed it up to me. It was just mm. such a wonderful place. Mm. But you know, I was still painting. Um, yeah. That's when I started carving. Yeah. And going into myself a little bit. But also, um, that's when I, I got into playing more blues guitar and more sort of lead solos mm. and, and actually mm. really got into playing guitar as. Rather than so just how did that come about from, well, we, I guess it all comes back to listening to begin with. Yeah, I, mean, I always loved, you know, yeah, yeah. Mick Ronson or Hendrix or whoever, yeah, you know, yeah, these yeah. great guitarists, but, and I never thought I could be like that. But um, this one point, I was playing cricket and I was wicket-keeping, and um, the ball sort of hit my finger, you know, on my left hand, and yeah. fucked the cartilage, pretty yeah, much. Yeah. And so I couldn't actually play guitar. So what I, what I did was I put a slide over that finger mm, mm. and that was and I could so I learnt sort of slide I taught myself slide guitar yeah, yeah. I, I re-bought the Telecaster which was another factor because the Gretsch isn't an easy easy to, you need yeah, yeah. quite um, heavy gauge strings on it um, so I got a nice light gauge strings on the Telecaster and just started to learn how to sort of feel the note mm. you know and that's huge in terms of what I'm doing now yeah that development um Andy and Neil and, you know, then Anton and, and um, Tim were encouraging with that too because, you know, we were always a three-piece in those yeah. days. And, you know, this was no sax solos anymore. You know, in the 80s it was mm, just sax solos. Mm, mm. Neil did all the solos. Um, now it was me. I had to do all the solos. And it was like, okay. I loved it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the, yeah. I found the Gretsch had this amazing capacity to um, do things that other guitars really can't. Yeah. And that's just continued on. Um and then when I reformed the band with Les, pretty much him and I, then we got all the various characters through. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that 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 was a big part of it as well. There was the, that that lead guitar aspect of the, yeah, the band. Yeah, yeah. You know, that was that took me a lot of years to learn that. To, you know, to learn it, to be able to to play that. You know, in front of all the you know, because people come yeah. to our gigs, they're quite often learned and good players yeah, themselves. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I feel like a pretender. Mm. You know. Well, it was funny. For me, I think first seeing you play and kind of reconciling that with the records, mm. which I knew, mm. and you know, I recognize that you know, obviously, people take songs from earlier in their life and rework them, and yep. Spines is, is, is a different band, yeah. You know, it's been a few different bands and yeah. all of that, but it was really funny going, Fuck, the, here's this guy who's a lead guitarist, but you don't know that on the record no, at all, no, because it doesn't come through in mm. the 80s at all, mm. but you know, that's another thing about the band, too. Simon is like. I have no problems playing songs I wrote 30 years ago. Yeah. You know, it's not so much what, what people want to hear, it's just what, it's still, it's still current, it's still, yeah. you know. It's, it struck me that with you, it's about what you want to put across. Yeah. So it's like there's probably some songs from your past you don't, aren't, aren't relevant, aren't yeah. valid, yeah. don't work. Yeah. But then there are some songs from back then that are better than what you've got now yep. or just still work. And yep. then there are also songs you've written in the last decade that mm. stack up with some of those early ones. There so yeah. so it's kind of like... 
I've this huge grab bag of songs to, yeah. to pull from. And the thing is, you know, I'm always having to deal with the lineup I've got. Yeah, yeah. And the current lineup is great because yeah. um, I've got Hannah now, you know, yeah. and so I can pull a song like um, You Seem to Be Happy. I brought yeah. that back in recently, yeah. and we're doing the same with the um, Price for Industry off, yeah. off Idiot Sun. Also, Losing Carla, a couple of things from. Because I thought, oh, we need another dancey tune on. Yeah, yeah. But listen, but the thing is, the players that I had in those days also. In some ways are better than the players have got now. Like yeah. Ross and Wendy, I mean, yeah. you know, you know, they're fucking fantastic players. Yeah. Milky and Les aren't the same sort of players, but we have our own take yeah, on things. Yeah, yeah. Those songs are reinvented in a totally different way. I think what I've worked out with the spines now is there's a um, maybe a grateful dead element to what the spines do yeah. you know and it's yeah, like no, I'm not a big fan no no but it, it's like I was thinking that like, it's like and, and so it's not to say you sound like the grateful dead but it's that mercurial thing that happens where yeah. you know you get these people Some that go you get these people that go the grateful dead are fucking awful they can't play and it's like yeah. nah watch them in their moment yeah. and there's something magical about what they do yeah. and also and the I, family aspect too yeah that's right and so I think that yeah. that holds quite strongly with the spines yeah. is that and that's not soft selling I mean I think guys playing on the spines now are great yeah. but it's like there is something special about the sound that you like that you all care about the sound that you're making together yeah. and that it all kind of goes to that point that you're all obviously interested in I guess serving your vision which is the song yeah you know but also you know I'm, I'm not a I'm a band leader I'm not a dictator so yeah you know I don't tell Milky what to play all this yeah yeah I mean you know I'll suggest think I'll just try this and come in here come in there you know, I don't tell Hannah what to play. I, yeah. You know, it's a democracy, but it's also we only play my songs, and it's, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah, you know, um, it's it's got it's sort of bigger than the sum of the parts. Yeah, totally. You know, well, I had quite enough. I've ever said it, and probably had with one of my guys, but my cousin Mark, he was getting into shamanism at a certain point, and I said, "Well, what the fuck's shamanism? What, what's yeah. it all about?" And he said. Well, it's about the spirit of things. And I said, okay, well, explain it to me. He mm. said, well, you know the spines? I said, yeah, of course. And he said, would you say the spines had a spirit? I said, yeah, the spines. Mm. He said, well, that's what I'm talking about. It's this essence of a thing that's way beyond the lineup that started or way beyond the middle lineup or way beyond any gig you've done. You know, it's the whole thing. It's yeah, the whole yeah. spines. And spines is like that in, in, in terms of the family aspect of it, but also in terms of the vision of it. You know, it's always been like my vision, but with my with my fellow members mm. but trying to carry it through to what you know I don't really care about the public in, in, a, in a sense I mean of course I do but yeah yeah I know it's, it's more about um, for fulfilling our own expectations yeah. of what the material deserves yeah my songs are bigger than me you know they're bigger yeah. than any of the members yeah you know? I think that I, I'm hoping they'll outlast us all and so I'm trying to stay true to that you know yeah. I've been given this gift yeah you know, I'm not trying to sound big-headed because it's not. It's humbling. It's like yeah. I'll be given this thing, and uh, you know, I, I I'm not writing much these days, song-wise. I'll, I'll, a couple of new songs, you know, yeah. but really, I, I don't really care yeah, because yeah. I've already written this stuff that deserves an audience. You know, deserves. Yeah, I agree. I agree. That stuff. Um, you know, the the best songs that you've written, they feel, and you know, I've, I guess, I've had the. Um, the honour and the privilege of actually playing some of them with yeah, you, yeah. and that we can talk. Fun. We can talk about that, but uh, yeah. it's probably the one time you haven't had a good drummer on stage with you. We named all these other people, <laughs> yeah, but but um, but you know, I 
I arrived at them as a, as I've said in my own way as a listener first and went, what the yeah. fuck are these songs? Where did they come from? What's, yeah. the, what's the lineage? And I did not know. Yeah. I just knew there were a couple of really great players involved and then I became interested in what you did because you were part of that sound and the person writing them. And yeah. I, didn't know, I didn't know who you were or what you did, but I knew these other great players. And then it's, it was very weird and, and amazing for me to end up playing. You know, I filled in and did a couple of gigs with the Spines last year. Yeah. And then, you know, my friend Steve Rendell, who used to write for the paper, said to me, he saw me at a gig a couple of weeks after that, and he's like, man, I just heard you play for the Spines. He's like, that's, you know, that's kind of like, that's fucking it. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, it kind of felt like that. I got to play with my favourite band, yeah. and not many people can say that. I, like, remember, I remember when, um, you know, I wrote that story about it at the time, but it was yeah. like... Um, you're sitting in the same drum seat that Ross Burns, mm, Ricky mm. Gooch, these great... And know. I felt that. Yeah, you know, yeah, I really yeah. felt that. Like, obviously, I was quite worried about that, you know, but I felt <laughs> it. And I, and then and then that family aspect comes in and you feel yeah. um, them kind of on your shoulder helping you... Yeah. It's not just the members in the current do. band. It's, yeah, it's that's everybody right. else, that's too. That's right. Because, you know, no one ever left the spines with a bad taste. And, oh, maybe a couple, but, you know, they were minor players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, it, everyone's... Sort of proud of what they did in the spines. Well, I was going to I was going to start. Um, I was I was going to ask earlier, and we and we can and we can dovetail. Um, I was going to say, so so many people go through the spines. What makes you so hard to work with? But <laughs> yeah, you know, exactly. You, you've already talked about people that come back. Mm. People have come back mm. and played other instruments in the spines. Yeah. You know, so it, it strikes me that largely it's. Uh, <laughs> It's you know. more more lack of success, I guess, or, yeah. or moving on in their own lives. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. We're all we're all adults, and we all have our own lives. Yeah. No one's ever sort of like um, left for any personal reasons that I can think of. Yeah. Always to get better offers, like Caroline yeah, yeah, made yeah. the offer. Of going yeah, to people are busy passion. with other. And yeah. They can't fit it in. And yeah, it doesn't yeah. Make sense. Some didn't work out. You yeah. Know, in the in the in the two thousands. Yeah. You know, I talk about that unwieldy yeah, yeah. um, lineup we had when I was reforming. Yeah. You know, Les is the only one that's still there from that lot. Um, so how long has he been playing with you now? Like over, over a decade. 10, yeah, 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 over yeah. 10 years yeah. now. You know, and just, um, and he's been my friend for yeah, know, 35 than, yeah, years, yeah, yeah. as long as the band's been in existence. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, Les and me, we just, we pretty much built it back up yeah. from, from zero. And he's know? great. And, you know, I can say, like, he he's one of my all-time favourite bass players to play with. He's like, great, eh? I just went, fuck, yeah. you know... Maybe I've, because I mean, I'm a very much a part-time musician um, and, and always have been and I've never really yeah. tried to be anything more than that. But um, he, you know, I've either played in bands that haven't had a good a good or a regular bass player yeah. or uh, it's just been a one-off or whatever. Yeah. But what I got from him from doing those three, three I think we did three rehearsals and two gigs, yeah. um, what I got was that he... He totally had my back in all yep. sorts of ways. Yep. He knew that I was doing things differently to Melky because we're different people and different totally. players. Yeah. And he got that and endorsed that. Yeah. He guided me as well. Yeah. You know, no, like he was yeah. the most brilliant, supportive yeah. and encouraging pl- player, to pl- yeah. as you were too. You know, like it's your yeah. band and you knew that I was different and from Melky and, yeah. and that it was going to be also Hannah was new still yeah, at the right. time you yeah, know. yeah 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 um, no Les is amazing he's mm. been he's been the backbone you know yeah in that sort of cliched way of saying with the spines and everything but he has and he's always had my back you know well I, I was um, going to say I love I love how the band is called the spines and really there's one spine it's you yeah. you know, you're the one yeah 
you know that 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 sort of appeal has appealed to me with time, like the idea that yeah. you're you're the backbone of it. Yeah. But you know, it's nice for you to deflect and say that he is. No, but. absolutely. I mean, because you know, I've had a hard time the last you know decade or so. You know, I'm, I'm writing about this. You know, mm. I wrote one two weeks ago about you know the um, foreign agent, but that's that's the first part of a three part downward yeah, spiral yeah. trilogy. Yeah. And it got really bad, you know, yeah, and yeah. so that those stories will come through soon. Mm. But Les stuck me by, by me all that time. Well, can we talk a little bit about that now? Because yeah. I would, the one thing that I, ever since you wrote it, the, the thing that's hung, for me, that's hung there in the air that I wanted to ask you about was you wrote a really, really lovely, as many people did, but you wrote a really lovely tribute to Peter McLeavy. Yeah. And yours was obviously a personal story, yeah. as most tribute pieces are, about how you knew him and mm. your interactions with him. And and so he had been a guy who, obviously, people in Wellington that are, know anything about the arts know about him. Yeah. And, uh, and he had been, uh, you described him as a sort of a father figure. Yeah. As I was talked about Jim Ritchie before mm, and my mm, dad, those yeah. those three that that's right huge had, in my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so, um, but then you wrote this really nice piece, and then you basically the the punchline of it, mm. the kicker of it was yeah. was what went wrong. Yeah, was yeah. that Peter McLeavy looked at you and said, "What went wrong?" Yeah. I and I just went when I read that. And I, I re- you know, I read that and then had to post it. And I read that and went, you know, like picked my jaw up off the ground and went, wow, that's, it's such an incredible piece of writing. It's so honest. Mm. I know what he's getting at, but I don't know the story. Yeah. And I've got to just put this up there and let other people process that. And so mm. many people are going to read it for what it, for what it ostensibly is, which is a tribute to Peter McLeavy, which mm. people did and liked. But, but a personal thing but there was this, our, our relationship that's right and then there was this thing within that whole story about your relationship there was this thing hanging at the end that whenever he would see you or you know he asked more than once what went wrong mm. and you sort of suggested that you you didn't know how to answer him yeah. no I still don't you know I mean it's like the ghost is trying to answer that. Yeah, that's All right. These stories, I was going to say that. Like, yeah, that, yeah. That, I, I, that's, I don't that's... know. And maybe nothing's gone wrong. Maybe, mm. you know, um, I'm not finished yet, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, why isn't my music popular? Why why, why am I not earning huge royalties? Yeah. I don't know, you know. I mean, yeah. why do I have to get, crawl around, you know, painting houses, which I don't mind doing, but, you know, I, I have to make a living. I don't make it off my art. Um yeah, so something did go wrong in that sense. But yeah. then again, maybe not. Because I always thought, well, okay, if I'd have achieved some sort of fame early on, yeah, like, you know, if our records had taken off, would I still be alive even? You know? Yeah, Cause, yeah, Because yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a strange personality. And how would you have that... the desire to be doing any of this? I know, I still have the desire, yeah. but would, would that have affected me in terms of yeah. my lifestyle? And would I have become, I don't know, a junkie or something? Or would, yeah, would yeah. I have done this? Or yeah, done yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's just the right thing. Mm. Mm. Maybe it's not, nothing's gone wrong. But, mm. uh, you know, honestly, I'm still trying to answer that, Simon. Um, yeah. And I don't, I don't think there's, um, the chapter's closed on that yet. Yeah. You know, because um, I'm not finished. Yeah. You know, we're still, um, and the spines are still going, and I'm still sort of writing. Well, the spines, well the spines have had a couple of um, 
really good years. Like you opened for last year. Last last year you survived me playing with you to to um (laughs) to well before that to open for both Luna and the Fall, which is great. You know, two two really great bands, two really great gigs, and you guys delivered two really great opening acts. You know, like your sets were fantastic and different. Yeah. At both of those, with the same lineup, at with those both those shows. Yeah, and and that lineup is still going and mm. getting better and better. Mm. You know, I mean, mm. it's developing. Um, so you know, the, the spine's going from strength. We've got our own gig coming up. Yeah. Um, strength to strength, in my opinion. Well, tell me about how long <coughs> has the regular Sunday band practice thing been such a ritual to you? All through the Hobbit years. Yeah. Um. So what's that? That's ten years ago, just over. No, no, that was um, 2010 to 2013. Oh, yeah, Hobbit. But um, yeah, before yeah. that, there was another movie, and we were practicing Tuesday nights then. So okay. we had a Tuesday night, like... Yeah. I'm just trying you to... You said Hobbit, of... and I suddenly thought Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah. I wasn't on Lord yeah, of the yeah. Rings. No, it was um, 2010 mm. to 2012. But before that, was a Tuesday. But we've had that practice room for a long yeah. time, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I remember in the old days, before that practice room, we used to travel all over the place to, to rehearse. Yeah. But um, no, Julie Lamb's been fantastic. Well, but it's it's interesting. Like I've always, again, I'm I'm a complete how not to when it comes to um, playing musical, <laughs> building any sort of musical career. But yeah. I've always been in bands that have gone shit. We've got a gig. We better start practicing and and cram in two or three. Mm. Um, practices, mm. which is why it was fine to do two or three rehearsals with you, yeah, and yeah. that's the good side of it is that I'm open to that. But yeah. the bad side of it is that you don't get any of that kind of you know, camaraderie and knowledge that just builds over, yeah. you know, it's it's like my theory about the internet and turning up. That's what the spines do in your yep. practice. You turn up every week. We do. Pretty much. Yeah. And if one person can't make it, the yeah. other three do. Yeah, and if, two, else if yeah. two can't make it, someone else comes yeah. in yeah. and fills a spot That's for right. a bit and some of your um, closest friends and fans turn up and, yeah. and actually watch the rehearsals. Yeah. Yeah. And again, you know, this, this is sort of saying Grateful Dead to me, you know, yeah. like in yeah, a way. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was thinking about that the other day, you know, like, you know, writing that story um, when I was on The Hobbit, that, every Sunday it was my own creative outlet, you know, yeah. and it meant so much to me. And in those days it was Russell Dench in the band yep. and, uh, and um, getting the photographer, um, Dominica, around Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And we were sort of ticking over, but also growing. Mm, and mm. I, I had no qualms about that. You know, I, I knew the band was always going to be good. Yeah. Because um, these people stick by me, you know. Yeah. And because, you know, my personality is somewhat, but more about the songs, you know, pretty much. It's bigger than any, yeah, anything yeah. I can do. And, you know, my integrity with it, you know, you know I believe in it. And, yeah, um, yeah. Even if they all left me, I'd still be doing it. You know what I mean? Yeah, and they know that too. Yeah, yeah. And they know they're not, uh, not so irreplaceable. But it's just that it yeah. will go on anyway. And if you want to be a they part get, of it, they get the ethos. They, they get, get it. The, yeah, the, and they know. contribute to it as yeah, well. Yeah, 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 yeah. But they get the idea that you know, yeah. you'll you'll deliver those songs and whatever. Yeah, and this current lineup, you know, Hannah and Melky and Liz, they just, you know, I'm just trying to think of them friendlier lineup that we've ever had. Mm-hmm. So you know, mm-hmm. really, we are family, yeah. and just. Um, Generally, we love each other. Yeah. You know, it doesn't sound too cliche, just, um, but we love the material. Yeah. yeah. And um, Les is an encyclopedia of my soul, so, you know, yeah, and yeah, Milk yeah. is now too. Yeah. And Hannah will, will be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they sort of, um, if I want to, oh, it's 
try this, you know, we'll, we'll do it, you know, and it's, um, oh, I'm in a great spot with, with my band. Yeah, yeah. So, um, what went wrong in terms of things you would have liked to have seen go right? You know, like you yeah. can, you can, you can, you can say, oh, well, maybe nothing went wrong because this is where it's yeah, at. Yeah, yeah. But, but well, I know what? something definitely went wrong. Yeah. Um, you know, just like. People putting things right at the moment. I mean, my ghost stories and, and you know the great forum you've given me. I'm putting things right a bit because. Like, all this stuff no one knows about. You know? yeah, the yeah. person that might have had an album, yeah, but then it's in a vacuum and there's no context. Yeah. I'm putting a context to it all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know. And that context is, it's, um, you know, it's. <laughs> no, but that context. It wasn't is, like I've been, I've been a real serious druggie or a yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm alcoholic even, you know, I do drink a bit these days, but it's not, those were never the, never the issues, mm. never the problems. Um, confidence, maybe. I mean, you know, I've never. Ah, yeah, see, part of it that I've always been a bit freaked out by managers and yeah. about um, and uh, roles. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't like to be told what to do. Yeah, yeah. I never, and you're never a self-taught have. guy. You yeah. know, like all of your disciplines. Yeah. The work that you've ended up yeah. doing. I'll magpie from other yeah, things, yeah, but yeah. I, I, I magpie my own. I don't yeah, yeah. tend to be shy on things. Um, but you know, I don't. I mean, I'm. It's not like I've been anti having a manager, but it's just like they seem to be anti me. Yeah. You know, and it must yeah. be something about my personality. See me, I, I always thought I was such a good risk because the spines will always exist as long as I'm yeah. alive. Yeah, yeah. What's, you know. There's a catalogue, there's, yeah. you know, they're yeah. gonna, a version is always going to turn up. Exactly. Um, yeah. I w- and it was going to get better and better. Um, I always thought I was a good risk for any sort of manager, <laughs> but, you know, it never really happened. Yeah. You know? Um, the only ones that got involved in that way at all were ego-driven themselves and just, um, I don't know, um, yeah. wrote themselves out of the book, really. Um, I've ne- I mean, with my record company guys, Brian Staff and Roger Shepard, fantastic relationship, you know. Um, Jim Moss had, had some weird thing with him, but um, I'm not too sure so where that all comes from. I mean, with McCleavy, um I always wanted to have a show with him, obviously, because yeah, he's yeah, the top yeah. man in the country. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he always sort of threatened to have one, you know, mm-hmm. but we never did. Um, but that was all good. Um, but he'd be, oh, oh, totally. But other gallery owners I, I sort of met and sort of did shows with, I don't know, it just never worked out, really, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess it's, yeah, I'm, I've, I'm meant to work hard all my life, I think. I think I'm <laughs> fated. Yeah. To just have to, you know, not struggle so much because, you know, it's Wellington, it's like third world. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, I am still have to, have to, you know, I, I get hungry sometimes. I, yeah, yeah. I can't afford to eat. Yeah. You know, it's just like, um, just the way I live. Yeah. Bit of an outlaw, bit of a outsider, not an outlaw. I'm not, yeah, an I, outsider. I don't break the law. I just, I'm an outsider. Mm. You know? No, it's interesting. I, 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 I get some, um, I feel some connection to to not only who you are but what you do that is I guess similar to where I'm at with what I do you're uncompromising um, eh yeah and and the the but but a person that I've always lined you up with probably right back to hearing that moon record before I knew who you mm. who you were but I knew the songs was Phil Judd in terms of 
you know, and there are a lot of, I guess there are, you know, there are some comparisons there. He's obviously yeah. got the artist background. That's right. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, and he's had um, changing lineups and changing, he, he's always changed the name of the band and the project and stuff. Yeah. But, you know, he's he's a guy who I think, the you know, fuck the very best of his songs. Oh, how do you, how do you oh. get better than him? Yeah, I know. How do yeah. you get better than him? But, but where is he at as a guy, you know, like, is yeah. he making a great living and is he a household name and he's and he's not no he's not but he um well what do you think of his work and what, what, what does it mean to you like, love, you know growing up I, I saw split ends at that first Narawahi music festival yeah right before they'd even yeah, costumes on yeah you know? yeah um always loved them um yeah. Phil Judd particularly yeah um you know I'm not a crazy man though you know he's got a that crazy sort of side to him yeah um he, his visual art too is just stunning man yeah. you know it looked like self-taught but i know he went to elim or Ilum or one of those yeah yeah but no, he, he's the master but um i sort of don't put myself in that character because i'm not quite that prickly you know um, yeah sure and, and i'm not that great you know he, he is a genuine genius he really is yeah, yeah. Um, although I'm not going to talk about this really, but you know, he said a few <laughs> things recently about various things. Um, yeah, Judd, yeah, I've never really compared myself to, to Judd. I'm no, going to compare myself to anybody in New Zealand, I don't know. Chris Knox, maybe? Just yeah, well, to, I was, I was going to say before when you were saying with the ghost stories, how you, you, you're, you know, you're applying a sort of context to it. I, mm. I, I was going to say that context is, you know, as with this sort of outsider figure who's done more than one thing, that context is vast. So, like yeah. one, one of the early ghost stories was about hanging out with Chris Knox. Yeah. And you, yeah. Um, you know, you met him and, and yeah. you met him and you um, yeah. went up to Auckland and hung yeah. out with him for the day. Went on stage with him. And yeah, all that, yeah, yeah, yeah. All that sort fantastic. of stuff. And, and yeah. you and you told a nice story of not just that, but through that, who he was. Yeah. who he was to you yeah. or who he is to you th- right. based on that encounter yeah. um, and then I was thinking you know there was um, uh, the guy recently from JPS Experience yeah Jim yeah, who, yeah. You know, who, which was a very sad story and then so rather than just do when I say just but mm. rather than just do a tribute story to, to him and his passing mm. you know there was still this this, this sort of way that you intersected with not just him but that band yeah and that you'd, that's right you'd had these like kind of yeah you know you've been this guy who's the opening act for these yeah you know just little incidents and just these, little, you know yeah i couldn't write this stuff if it wasn't true because these yeah. guys will pick me up straight away yeah, you know? that's so right. i do exaggerate certain things but not really you know i just yeah, yeah. i just but you know the thing is like genuinely good talented people actually do like my stuff yeah. you know like People like Chris and people like yeah. like Jim and, and those yeah. guys from the Stray Jackets. Yeah. You know, um, you know these people have encountered me. You know, just yeah. and I've just played a few songs before they've come on or whatever. You know, yeah. um, they recognise that you know I've got something, so you know they take yeah. me seriously. Yeah. And um, I can have encounters with them and get on on the turfs with them or whatever. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so I've got a few stories, you yeah, know, yeah, about yeah, that. Yeah. And yet, it's not as if I'm. Um, Bruno Lawrence or any legend, yeah. you know, who, yeah, yeah. you know, uh, I'm just like a, in, the invisible man, yeah. in a way, you know, yeah, 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 and you know, I, I like that about my life, as I say, you know, what would have happened to me if I had been famous, I might be some arrogant prick, yeah, you know, 
Well, that's... I'm the, arrogant, but I'm not a total prick. <laughs> well, everyone that's invested in some way in putting themselves out there with artistic works has yeah. an ego. You've got to have an ego. And they and they have an arrogance yeah. connected to yeah. that. Belief, self-belief. Yeah. Huh? What I like about what you do is that, um, you know, it is entirely about the work rather yeah. than you. You yes. know, you're, yeah. your paintings, yeah. you know, after someone's purchased them, they're still connected to you, yeah. but they live on in that person's house. And, you know, you wrote yeah. this the other week, and they live on as something bigger than just that. Yeah. Your songs live on outside of yeah. you and the band, or you yeah. hope them to. Yeah. And, That's the thing. And I, this yeah. is very much, you know, I, you know, I really feel this about your work. Like, yeah. And I feel like I had some understanding of that before I met you. Mm. You know, as I, as I say, those first Spines records that I heard, I just thought they were the weirdest fucking things in the best possible way yes, I just went totally there's no blueprint for this no you know no, and that's right. and I I arrived at them at a, at a time in my life where there was a blueprint for everything right. you know I've since yeah, I've yeah. since heard weirder things yeah. I guess yeah. sure but at yeah. that point I hadn't so it was a yeah. real entry into yeah. you know nice, this is, nice of you to say but no I always tried to, at that time I was trying to write things that weren't being written that hadn't been else. written that's right yeah, yeah, yeah trying yeah, to write yeah. in 5-4 in, in a weird yeah, way yeah, to keep yeah. it you know some of those songs thinking about like um, are you with it or not yeah you yeah know, it's about the, it's about Hiroshima pretty yeah. much you know yeah And but in that weird sort of time and mm. just some days what was I thinking you know mm. I don't know it's like not me thinking, it's just coming through me that, you know, what they will say. It, yeah. it is pretty much like that. But you still have to do the graft and yeah. sort of do the sort of learn how to play your, your guitar and also learn how to channel it all yeah, and, yeah. and get it down and fine tune it so it actually, you know, yeah, yeah. it reads or it, it, it sings. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm proud of that material, man. And I reckon it will have its day one day, Yeah, you know, that stuff. Yeah. Particularly that idiot sun and moon stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, idiot sun is just. I mean, prize for industry is. I'm glad to hear you guys are working on playing yeah. that again because yeah. to me that song's just like the most brilliant head fuck. It's just, it's great. And I've I've DJed it several as I've told you several times. And people and go what? And people this? go what's this? Yeah. And and you know people go what's this? It's fucking great. What, yeah. what the fuck is this? Yeah, and that drum and bassline on yeah. that. Yeah. And, and, and as I say, there's no blueprint for it. People no, don't know. No. And I think, you know, again, that's where I equate that Phil Judd thing was like not only splitters yeah, and swingers, but when I first heard that, that very first Schnell Fenster Schnell album. Schnell Fenster, yeah. I mean, that record was, and it's not that unconventional. There's nothing actually that weird about it. But again, it's that thing where those are pop song formats. They're yeah. three and five minute songs. Yeah. They've got choruses. They've, they've definitely got hooks. Yeah. But you haven't quite heard pop songs like those. No, it's, it's current know? stuff. Well, yeah. a couple of years ago too. Yeah, that somebody yeah, yeah. put out still that same yep. thing. Yeah, fantastic, quite accessible, and yep. yet you still think, "What the hell is this?" Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, that edge. Yeah. You know, I always wanted to have that edge. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, big influence, Phil Judd, I guess, yeah. in that way. But the edge, as much as anything, yeah. in terms of. Yeah, never thought about that, but you know, the edge definitely. So what's what's left apart from? Um, however many spines gigs there will be um and potentially another novel or two yeah. and however many ghost stories there might be and yeah. and, and may there be many more well what, what are you trying to do like what what have you got left in you that you're trying to do and you mentioned 
the other day in your story that you're not painting at the moment, but that's something you'll come back to. Yeah, I you definitely know, will not, do that. So, yeah, yeah w- w- what do you think's left in you to put out? Well, obviously, you know, what, what I was just saying with the painting, um, yeah, I want to record this this current lineup yeah. for sure. Um, we're going to do a live recording coming up, just probably just to get a, a, an idea of where we're headed with things, yeah. and, but do a studio album. Yeah, I want to. I want to do the the two sequels to the book. I want to do the trilogy, the full trilogy. I probably wouldn't mind getting back into the movie world for a wee, wee bit. Yeah. I'd love to make a movie out of manslaughter. You know, that yeah. would be my ultimate goal. Really, I, I, you know, manslaughter I think would make a great film. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it'd be all changed around a bit, but yeah. that that would be a big big thing I'd love to do. Yeah. Um, yeah, obviously keep the band going, growing. Um, but yeah, I would like to write a few more songs before I go. Yeah, that would yeah. be another thing. That would be another major goal. Yeah. Um, write one more real classic. You know, yeah. one more to me. I've written mm, maybe mm. about um, probably ten or so real classics to me. Like mm. you know, up there with you know your body stays or Fred or these songs yeah. that are gonna outlive me. Um, yeah. I want to write one more of those. I mean, yeah. the last couple I've written, that one stop um, stop forever. Then foreign agent then this one end in tears I think they're up there mm. more recently I haven't written anything quite that that mm. level mm. I want to write another one that's up there you know that yeah that people say hey I love that song yours you know the lines people come up to me yeah and, you know and like they're not big hits but yeah they mean a lot to certain people so do you have to get into a particular space writing wise do you i mean you know it's such a dumb question to ask someone how what's your writing process because it's Mm. different every time and so Mm. forth but do you find a particular space you end up in or a particular trigger that sets you off on a writing quest yeah um in terms of songs yeah it's more like sitting down with the guitar yeah in a way you know so it's like i suppose like sitting down with a keyboard to write you know, a story yeah, yeah. or a typewriter. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, you know, I don't really know where they come from. Yeah, and I don't know where to locate this next great song that I write. I, but I'm not in any hurry. Yeah. But I, I don't want to write anything substandard. I don't want to yeah, write yeah. just another throwaway. Thing so we that, we hear these stories of you know, um, Leonard Cohen took seven years to write Hallelujah. Or, yeah, well, you know, Dixie's is another great example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Months and months to write those songs. Yeah, you know? or or or, um, but at the same token, um, you know, by the same regard, someone might write something very quickly yeah. that also happens to be very good. I mean, yeah, yeah. It's, it's allegedly there's this exchange between Dylan and Leonard Cohen right. where he says I yeah. took fifteen, seven years yeah. to write. Yeah. Um, Hallelujah or something, and, I and, I and then he says, minutes. he says, I love that song, I and I, and he says, oh, I wrote that in fifteen minutes yeah. in the back of a cab or That's whatever. Right. And yeah. I was thinking another got another great example of a great songwriter who I know you like is Paul Kelly. Yeah. You know, and and to her door took, which is to me is a perfect. Right. You know, it's not a big hit, but it's a perfect three minute pop song. Yeah. In terms of something very special happens, it's like a sh- you know a short story. Yeah. And apparently that took several years because he had most yeah. of it. Yeah. Because it's a very simple yeah. song melodically and you know musically the structure of it, but yeah. like obviously for the stories to, to cement it took a while. I get both. I mean, some of my songs yeah. didn't take long at all. Like yeah. your body stays, yeah. you know, in one hit. Um, Lily and I. But some of them I worked years on. Yeah. You know, things yeah. like subhuman love. It's hard to explain why.
thing and you, you, you don't want to, you know, just write out some shit, you know, you want to yeah, actually yeah. get it right. Whereas yeah. these other things just come straight through and they're right there on the page, you know, yeah, and yeah. you, you, you've got to grab them while they're yeah, there. Yeah. Other ones, you, you've got the little thing, the little kernel, the little nugget, and then you work it, you yeah. work it, you know. Yeah, yeah. So I get both. Yeah. And, you know, either all are, be, you know, neither's better than the other. Like Frida was another one, half and half, like, the verses all came with a hunchback story and everything. But that chorus, I had another song, you know, and I had to wrench it out of that yeah. song and put it into that song. Yeah. So there was a bit of, you know, contrivance, I guess, about yeah, it, you know, artifice. So there's a bit of both. Mm. But um, it's about energy and, and about the energy of, of the song. Some some of those songs just take a long thought period to, yeah. to hone, you know, to get right. Another thing I think I like about what you do, and I guess about you personally, is I feel like your your ears haven't stopped. You know, you, you're still listening out mm. for for things. You know, like for new songs. Um, Not as much and, as younger people. But no, yeah, no, yeah, no. Yeah. But but still, given your your age and stage yeah. compared to a lot of people I know you know mm. there's that, that, that sort of idea that yeah I'm not just mired in the blues or something and yeah. a lot of people you know they have kids and they're in their mid to late 30s and they just switch off and that's it for yeah. them and the music yeah. becomes the music of what they yeah. you know I mean, fuck I love a lot of the music from when I was at high school I still love it yeah. of course I do I love music from when I was a kid yeah. um, but I'm still interested in whatever is yeah. happening and hoping that I'm going to hear well, you, you more so than me, son, because to be honest, like, I don't want to hear a lot of stuff because I'm trying to be a songwriter still, and it's like, I just try and sure. tune, tune it out. Like, no, no, I'm I totally like, understand that, but, I, but I, relative to what you do, yeah, you know, yeah. and if and if I say to you... If I hear something that's great, I'll, yeah. I'll admit it. Or if, if I say to you, or I'm sure other people, but I know, because if I've sent you a song and gone, yeah. check this out, yeah, yeah. I feel like this will appeal to you. Yeah. You, you, was, you won't just go, I mean, obviously I know... You and I know your taste a bit, yep. but you won't just go, oh yeah, I haven't listened to any new music since 1980. <laughs> you actually go, yeah, yeah great, you know, I'll, I'll take it on board and then I'll see you, you know, talking about it and posting it and sharing it. Yeah, that's right. You'll but respond to it and you'll get something out of I it. I am a bit weary about some things. Like, Leonard Cohen's a good mm. example. Mm. You know, it was always the Leonard Cohen, Bob Dylan thing for me. Mm. I, I mm. love Bob Dylan. I never wanted to listen to Leonard Cohen because yeah. he writes such good lyrics. I didn't want to be influenced by yeah, him. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, I just I didn't want that influence. It's no a, one that's overtly um, influenced by Leonard Cohen to me has ended up sort of. Getting anywhere? Yeah. I was gonna. Yeah. Maybe that's that's probably the simplest way to say. It, but yeah, but right. but having their own voice. Yeah. Whereas yeah. you know you pick the other giant influences in music. You mm. know the Beatles, Bowie, Bowie, um, the Velvet Underground. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Oh, um, look, these guys totally. You know, and and the even pe- like and, the 80s, like you echo and the bunny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and but the people that take that on board, they do something with it, and they churn out their own voice. Is what I mean. But yeah. People, God, I mean. One of the weirdest thing experiences I ever had was trying to review an album by Leonard Cohen's son, Adam mm-hmm. Cohen. He's done a, he's done three albums, yeah. I think, and the first album was pretty boring, and then he didn't do anything for a while, and then he put out this album a few years ago, and it was wonderful, but right. it sounded exactly <laughs> like Leonard Cohen, right. like right. like ridiculously so, like. You know, worse than you know, Sean Lennon sounds like John Lennon. Yeah, yeah. Worse than that. Right. 
and it was kind of like it was such a weird thing to try and get a handle on because it's like this is actually really fan it was great it was they were amazing stories Mm. there was beautiful musicianship Mm. there was a real craft to it but it was just like this is kind of vulgar this is kind of weird but you can only say that because of who it was you know it's like if he'd released that album I mean good on him for releasing it under his own name because why hide but if he'd released that under a pseudonym I'm sure a lot of people would have gone fuck this is cool it kind of sounds like Leonard Cohen but not really but when you had the guy's name attached all you could go was oh you know this guy wants to follow his dad to work you know like that's you know so it's weird and I and I sort of yeah, feel that about you know anyone that's tried to tap directly into that mm. um, probably the same I think too uh, for female singer-songwriters that have earnestly channeled Joni Mitchell you mm. know particularly the, her early stuff mm. you only come across as mm. you know a poor cousin yeah you don't really right. transcend that no, she's one out of the box she's a, you know total original just thinking about that Cohen thing though it's like I think it's more the fact of I wanted to be a songwriter. You know? Yeah. And I don't see him as a songwriter. No, neither. He's a, yeah, he's he's a, a, he's a poet. He he's a writer. Is. Yeah, yeah. You know, and people talk about Lou Reed and Bob Dylan and Patti Smith being poets. And I guess Patti Smith, there's something there because she was a performance yeah. um, poet. But nah, Cohen was. Yeah. Nah, they're all songwriters. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Cohen yeah. is and was a poet. Yeah, absolutely. And through yeah. that, a yeah. songwriting career and a, and a performance career has been born, a recording Nick, career. Nick Cave's another. I mean, I love Nick Cave, but you know, I don't want to be influenced by him because yeah. you know, I'd be just second-rate Nick Cave. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It's um, I don't mind being a second-rate Dylan. Yeah, yeah. Or a second-rate Bowie. <laughs> no, whatever. well, a lot of people have made good livings yeah, out mean, of being that. <laughs> I wouldn't want to be a second-rate Nick Cave or a second-rate mm. Leonard Cohen. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do not. You know. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm serious about the artists that I you know follow, like mm. Rundgren and those people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, he's an interesting one. Um, he is for you. Oh, like, I'm, 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 I'm interested that you're so hooked on him. You're yeah, obsessed yeah. with him. I am so, yeah. Yeah. Not his current work or anything. Well, yeah. No, but just him as an as an idea. Yeah, yeah. What is it about him? I mean, obviously, obviously, there's shitloads of quality work mm. um, as both a writer and performer, and then also he's had a hand in the careers of many other interesting people. I think it was the, almost the uncool element of him too. Yeah, you know? right. I love that as yeah. well. He, he just goes outside of what everyone wants him to do. He just does what he wants to do. But he has this, I don't know, just that mm. X factor in his voice. You know, mm. his singing is just, and his guitar playing. Just and his piano playing. Piano playing, songwriting. Yeah. Yeah. I just made a friend on Facebook who's played with him. Wow. Like, um, yeah. Today, I was like, yes. Because yeah. I, I posted a picture of him. Yeah, 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 I saw that. And someone yeah, said, yeah. Oh, I played with him. I think, I presume it was one of the guys in the rhythm section. Ah, uh, from when he played here. I presume yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, um, yeah. But he's just become a friend on Facebook today. Yeah, like, yeah. Yes. Because, you know, getting closer to that. So, and he said, what a genius. And you can tell this guy's yeah, mind. Yeah. Is, yeah. And I'm, I, I'm attracted to huge intelligence yeah. as well, you know. And but he's got one of those minds. Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's you know, he was cool. I got to interview him when he when he came here. And that was awesome. just just on the phone beforehand. But yeah. it was a really enjoyable chat. Because it Sounds was kind of like... a great like, human being. Yeah, yeah, it was one of those guys you're, you're a little bit worried about talking to him. Because you think, oh, he could be a bit prickly. And yeah. also, he's done so much. Yeah. How, how do you even scratch the surface? Yeah. But you just jump in with him and he just goes. Yeah. You know? And he was yeah. laughing about, and, you know, I sort of thought, 
where do we go? How do I bring up Bat Out of Hell? Because you have to talk about that. <laughs> yeah, and I, that's right. I had talked to Meatloaf, and Meatloaf had yelled at me down the phone. Oh so I was kind of like, that had just happened. So I was like, <laughs> I kind of have to bring this up to him. Yeah. And when I brought up Bat Out of Hell, he just laughed and went, you know, He's like, you're talking about three of the biggest egos on the planet. Me, <laughs> yeah, and you know, he goes, me, Meatloaf, Jim Steinman. And it was so cool that he, you know, he had that awareness yeah. and just went, yeah. you know, yeah, we're all, Absolutely. we're all fucking giant egos. He's got that self-awareness. Eh? Yeah. He always has in all his lyrics too, you know. Yeah. He's um just, he's got, you can tell, you can just tell, you know, that sort of um self-parody almost. You yeah, know? yeah, Without totally. being, you know, taking it to ridiculous levels. Yeah. That's very um, true. You know, I just love his, his intelligence and um, also the soul in his, yeah. his stuff, you know. And maybe something there's in there that's a kinship for you is that, you know, he's a guy that's obsessed with pop songs and writes yeah. very good ones. But yeah. arguably, you know, he hasn't really <laughs> had massive oh. hits. You know, he's, he's, he's maybe further along the chain from yourself well, or he is, but, but you know what I mean? Like in the scheme no. of things, no. he's not had no. big hits. I mean, his, exactly. his biggest paydays have come from producing from other producing, people. producing, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, Can We Still Be Friends, probably his biggest hit. Mm. And, mm. you know, that's a weird song with it. Do, yeah. Do, 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 with it all this time, sort of. Yeah. And people don't know it's him. No. Like, you know, they don't no, equate right. that with him. I mean, no. a lot of people think those sort of songs are, you know, Carol King or something. You know, like, yeah. they, they, they're, exactly. they've got as much in common exactly. with that. Yeah. I was lucky, you know, reading Enemy when I was growing up as a kid. That was another big influence. And, yeah. You know, Charles Charmario is a friend yeah. of mine now. Yeah. One of my great victories in life was yeah. being a friend on Facebook <laughs> with Charles Murray. You like some of my posts. But honestly, these guys well, he's are such a enemy. fucking great writer, that guy. He's yeah. amazing. Yeah, he's so good. I remember he—he's a formative guy for me because I read—I read when I was thirteen. One of the very first music books I ever read was a book he wrote about Jimi Hendrix called Cross Town Traffic. Cross Town Traffic. And and so you know I didn't know that he'd written an enemy. I just—I just knew him as the author of this book I got out from the school library. Yeah. But that book—but that book was a great book and one of the. It wasn't until later on that I actually went back and read some of his other stuff mm. and it's like fuck he's great you know yeah. like he's so yeah. he's so on point but he's also just a human being yeah 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 um, but it wasn't just him it was Nick mm. King it was all these mm. other people you know at the time they're all heroes yeah they, yeah and they, yeah. they brought me onto a lot of this music yeah, yeah. Douglas Quintet type yeah. Rundgren you know how would I ever found about yeah. this stuff other than that you know um, and yeah and so you would have been reading about them before you heard them in some pretty cases, much, yeah, pretty yeah. much. But then I'd find Back them, in, then. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. in the you know second hand almost. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. They weren't big selling albums, so they were often you know sent out here and not yeah. selling. So I'd I'd pick them up cheap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Todd Rundgren albums, I I, I had, a, had had all of them mm. in the early days, and they were all quite cheap because yeah. um, no one got them. Yeah. Um, and so I was lucky, but yeah. you know I have the inside word from these great reviewers in England. You know, more them than Rolling Stone and, and yeah, American yeah, yeah, guys. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, it wasn't just Charles Shamari, but Nick Kent and all those. Um, Penny Valentine, maybe another one. Yeah. Ian McDonald. Yeah, a lot of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, but, you Ian, know, Ian people like yourself, Simon. You know, I've, always, <laughs> I've always loved critics. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've written about that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I have. Mm. Gonzo. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, Steve Browning is a good friend of mine. You yeah. know, Janie, you know, yeah. good friends. Um, yeah. I like the sort of mindset, you know? Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, you just. Um, 
Like in well, it's that whole not being afraid to talk about. It. Yeah, someone put it to me very well that um, that's interesting in New Zealand that you know if you go out for dinner mm. and the fish doesn't taste very nice, yeah. yeah. The last person who ever hears about it is the chef. You know, no one, no one stumps up and says. Yeah. Uh, when the waiter comes over and says, "How are your meals?" Everyone goes, "Yeah, great, thanks." Yeah. And then they walk outside and go, "I'm never going there again." They post <laughs> on Facebook now. <laughs> you know, fucking boycott this yeah, joint. Yeah, you know, yeah. everyone has a rant, but when yeah. they have their time to say it, That's right. they don't. And I guess, I guess, um, that is something that critics do. Can is do, that we yeah. we. Well, I'm yeah. saying we because you mentioned me. I'm not mm. trying to um, align myself no, with anyone else, no, but right. no. but that is the sort of function of criticism is to step yeah. up and say, well, no, I've been asked to comment mm. on this, so I'm going to. Yeah, I'm more a damned by faint praise guy. So very nice, thanks. And you know, if you know me at all, you know. I <laughs> yeah, hate yeah, it. yeah, yeah. But you know, I. I but it's still not. You no, know, it's the, not being then a you, critic. Then yeah. you go away and tell everyone else the other version of it. You know, right. critics actually publish the version. Yeah, yeah. That so they're thinking and. Yeah. And, you know, and there are obviously famous, you know, examples of critics getting it wrong. And yep. there are famous examples of critics being asked to, you know, if they'd ever take back what they, you know, it's, it's real interesting finding. Um, I had a collection of old Rolling Stone magazines and it was great reading, yep. you know. Mr. Bangs. Oh, but, but also yeah. like, yeah, yeah, I mean, he's amazing. But like reading old review, like reviews at the time, at the time. of things like. Rumors, you know, and and I think it got three out of five stars, yeah. you know, and got you know, it's right. said like it's a pretty good album, but it's remains <laughs> to, remains to be seen whether this version of Fleetwood Mac means anything. It is, <laughs> you know, it's just comical to think that someone thought that, yeah. but at the same time, it's not. I kind of put myself yeah. in their shoes and went, I guess I could see how it's yeah, hard yeah, yeah. hard for me because at my age I grew up yeah. with Tusk and Rumors yeah. as two of the most important records and they were not only that they were two of the most important records in my life I loved them from the earliest age so I you know I'm a little bit um, biased or whatever to to that but you know I can kind of see how someone hearing that you know I've always tried to put myself in those shoes and gone well if you heard this for the first time at the time would you give that much of a shit about it you know like I must have been you know I've been proved wrong by things you know when I was given that um, well gone wrong by my girlfriend, uh, my partner, what the fuck is this? You know, yeah. Bob Dylan. Yeah. It's one of my favourite albums of all time now. Yeah, 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 you know, yeah. You to, uh, and it was a completely inconsequential thing at the yeah. time too. Yeah, exactly. From, you know, well, uh, well, it kind of wasn't because it was, I guess it was, um, he'd made some pretty shitty Yeah albums of his yeah. own songs so it was something right. different but it, it yeah. didn't have the impact that an album like that would have now no. yeah. you know right. that's sort of something for the hardcore to discover yeah yeah and yeah. actually those two records that there's one just yeah. before yeah. that um, um, good as I think yeah. Yeah. yeah they're great, right. they're great and, they, and they it's like a double album brilliant you know. well they actually are the signpost for where Dylan is now, is now and has been it's, for the last twenty years. Yeah. You know, they they it's are right. the early signposts, yeah. but Dylan we can singer. say that now. D- Dylan, the you know the stylist. You yeah, know, yeah, the yeah. The, like, the old who, blues who, guy. Who would have thought? You know, yeah. the great songwriter is now just you know sings yeah. other people's songs. Yeah, you know? and nails them and nails has them. and gets these great players yeah. and has yeah. this great production that yeah. suits the you know it harks back to. That's right. Original or early versions, yeah. but it's also he's got that Americana steep. Yeah, like, that's right. 
Yeah, he's allowed to wear a string tie. He is. You know, not, <laughs> not many people are, no. <laughs> but he's allowed to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know if we need to talk about anything else. I need to go for a person. Well, there you go. Bye.